Welcome to the 2022 No Direction Holiday Special. This is a tradition we've been doing for, I think we're on our fourth year, maybe we're on our fifth year now. I enjoy it. I enjoy it very much. It comes at a good time of year to just be more casual, to sit back with the staff. For those who are not familiar, every year around this time, we have a little bit of fun with the staff. We just gather them up, say, what have you been doing this year? What are you looking forward to next year? They ask us questions about how they, I say us, uh, at this point, it's just me. But yeah, so uh, we go back and forth talking about how our years have been, what we're looking forward to in the future, and just catching up on things related to the network, related to each other. Because honestly, even though we're good friends, we like each other very much, we don't tend to take the time to just be casual and relax together. So that's the purpose of these holiday specials. And honestly, we we do it more for us than we do it for you, the listeners, but we give you, the listeners, an opportunity to listen to us engaging on a more personal, casual level. There's a couple of themes to this year's No Direction Holiday Special, mainly the state of the network itself. If you only listen to our podcast and haven't been following us on social media, haven't been reading our blogs and specifically my editorials every Monday, then... For you, a couple of our main podcasts may have just disappeared one day, and you might be wondering what happened. So for those in that boat, then the last episode of No Direction you heard was the one where Luis said he was leaving the co-hosting position and wasn't sure what his future with the network would be. He's just gotten too busy. He recently got a promotion on Liza. And then there was nothing else. And on top of that, No Direction Beyond also disappeared. So this is a story you're probably going to hear repeated a couple of times in different segments throughout the episode. But just to clarify, shortly after Luis said he was leaving the podcast, Vanessa applied for a job to work at Paizo full-time. And instead of getting a co-host to come on, I think they were replacing Luis, and then we would have to replace Vanessa. And similar to what happened when Param left Luis and Vanessa, who didn't think they would be hosting the show alone, they thought they would be two out of three we didn't want to leave this new co-host to then be the only established host after as little as one episode. And so we went into this weird, silent phase where we just could not talk about what the future of the podcast was going to be. And then Vanessa found out she was officially hired, so there we go. She was going to step down from the co-hosting position of No Direction because it was just too much. It was too much to take on a new job and continue to be the host of No Direction and be the veteran after only... Uh, like seven months maybe at that point as a co-host of the podcast like she's got a lot of experience as a podcaster but that specifically being in the first chair of the flagship there's a lot more pressure on that so um what also happened at the same time is uh, dustin also applied for a position at paizo and also got hired and he was the producer of no direction beyond and without him Alex and James couldn't produce it on their own, so that show also had to go on hiatus. And here we are now, we used to have two live episodes, you know, one a week, and those were our flagships, and we were putting out uh, that much more content. We were putting out an extra three episodes a month of uh, podcasts, and all of that just suddenly ended. For the best reasons, really, because Vanessa and Dustin both have made major advances in their careers. I am happy for both of them. Unfortunately, neither one was able to make it for the holiday special recordings. And so we do talk about the future of the No Direction Network in these interview segments, uh, interview segments, chats, 
It's basically me and one or more member of the staff sitting down chatting for what was supposed to be 10 minutes, but most of them turned out to be more like 20 or 30 minutes. So this is going to be an extra long episode. It's going to have minimal editing, so there might be more awkward pausing, more ums, more me getting a little bit rambly, unfortunately. But at the same time, it's the more casual conversations that I've really come to enjoy about these holiday specials. I'm going to be editing the segments in in order that they were recorded, so there might be some continuity throughout, starting with, right now, my conversation with Luis Loza. Hey, Luis. Hello, Ryan. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Aw, oh, thanks. So, what's going on? We have not talked in a long time. We haven't, no. Oh, I'm just here creatively directing. Yeah, what's you got a promotion in the last couple of months, right? Yes. Go on. I am creative director for Rules and Lore at Pathfinder. Now that sounds impressive. Correct. And it is impressive. I think Good. I'm impressed right. by it. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed. Can you give me like an idea of the hierarchy? Like who do you answer to? What are yes. you all in charge of? Uh, real quick, I'll say that we had a recent restructuring at the company in the actual sense and that things got moved around rather than just a bunch of people getting fired. Um, this restructuring broke the Pathfinder team up into two different sides. One is narrative, which is all our adventures, adventure path modules, so on and so forth. Uh, and James Jacobs remains creative director on the narrative side. And then the other team is the rules and lore team, which is all the rule books and Lost Omens books. Uh, and I am creative director on the rules and lore side. So I'm working with Logan and James and Mike, uh, Eleanor, under Jason Bullman. Okay. So now that means that Eleanor is more or less soloing on uh, the developing of the, the Lost Omens line? Mm, not exactly. Uh, it turns out when okay. I left... Uh, or when I got promoted, there was suddenly no one doing my work, so I had to keep doing that for a while. <laughs> uh, so, no, I'm still helping develop Lost Omens, and yeah, I even just outlined and assigned a book quite recently. Uh, so that's not going to be changing, at least not until we get more a, a new developer uh, on the team and start figuring out some of the different things going on there. But I don't think there will ever be a point where I'm not working on Lost Omens in some capacity. And we're all better for it. We've talked about this. Like Going into second edition, I was not that big of a settings guy. Mm -hmm. And then just Lost Omens book after Lost Omens book, it was like, this is changing the game. This is exactly the content I am looking for. And I had no idea I would be. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I, I sat... Uh, on the uh, fan side for many years, just thinking, man, I sure wish I had a book that did this or a book that did that or a book that had X, Y, and Z. So when I got the chance to start making those books, I said, okay, well, what do I want in these books? What did I want five years ago in these books? And that's what I've been putting in. And it turns out that's been working pretty well. And how are you doing for like your hours? Is it still... Like, it sounds like you've got a second job on top of your first job. I do for the moment, but also our project management team has been very good over the years uh, since I started at Pilot to stretch out our schedules to actually match what is required with each book. We're trying to avoid crunch as much as possible. So even with 
my double duties at the moment. Uh, it's for the most part about the same. I'm just going into more meetings more often uh, throughout the week. I used to have maybe one meeting a week, if that, and now I'm in a couple of a week, which is cool, but it is time that I am not spending developing. Wow. Overall, that's just really good to hear. Like over the years, as Param and I would interview different uh, mm -hmm. No Direction staff, we would always get the impression that, you know, uh, sorry, No Direction staff, different PISO staff, yeah. we would get the impression that people were always busy, especially leading up to Gen Con. And then after Gen Con didn't feel like it ever slowed down. And so after a couple of years of noticing this trend, we were like, ooh, that's, that's a lot of work these people are doing just constantly. So it really does sound like that has finally shifted into more manageable and realistic expectations for the staff. Yeah, it is a lot of work still, but like I said, the, the improved schedules and also the fact that we're adding more staff and you know can spread some of that workload around is helping quite a bit too. So I hope to see a day where, you know, it's just a nine to five, you come in, write some stuff about elves for a while and then go, go home and don't have to worry about like, well, is this deadline going to slip or anything? No, I have plenty of time and uh, to, to get all my work done without any issue. Can we talk union a bit? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I am still a union eligible member. So, sure. Oh, okay. That's, I was figuring from the way you're describing it, I thought you went from eligible to now no longer eligible. I don't have anyone that's reporting to me. I don't have any employees under me. I am not a manager of any kind. I just happen to be a bit higher up on the ladder, but without needing to have to sign off on anyone's vacation time or anything like that. So I'm still union eligible. But in a way, aren't you in charge? Like, don't millions of NPCs answer to you, Luis? Yeah, but I don't have to worry about their time off. You don't have to give Ezrin his, his week off? Mm -mm. No, that's it's not Mona's my job. That's Mona's job. Study new spells. It's whose? It's, it's Eric Mona's job. Mona's job. Wow. Iconic manager. That's uh, He is. He is an iconic manager. Uh, that's why he's always so busy. He's always having to deal with 30 Iconics worth of time off requests. So, it's almost 2023. It sure is. Uh, could be better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I had personal stuff I was dealing with that led in part to my departure from No Direction, No Direction Prime specifically. Right, I'm still here. I'm still on the network. You can still ping me on the Which, Discord. You know, it kind of surprised me. I really thought you were just leaving the network. No, I'm still here. I just, you know, if you want me on for a guest uh, host at some point or to, I don't know, write an article here and there, I can still do that, but. Uh, it's probably best at this point, especially now as a creative director, to maybe not be also hosting the the show that reviews er, and interviews uh, and provides news on all things Pathfinder in a way that doesn't feel like as much as 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 many disclaimers as we put up wouldn't come across as biased in some way. Yeah, that's really been the theme from behind the scenes on No Direction this past year, just like. We're beyond biased at this point. We're active, like very influential members. The of calls the are coming staff. from inside the house at this point. There we go. So yeah, um, 
and there was that weird month or so when you were leaving and we knew and a couple of people behind the scenes knew that Vanessa had applied for the job, but we couldn't uh, state anything officially. Yeah. So I don't know how that looked to our listeners, but uh, inside it definitely felt like a lot of internal screaming. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I still love the network. I'm still happy to be associated with the network, even if I'm not in the same capacity. I have four or five episodes of Valiant. I still need to finish editing. I, I want to give people the, the closure on that before too long. I want the closure on that. I know, and I want to give you the closure. That's good. I just finished editing. Like, literally, you had come onto this voice channel while I was uh, wrapping up the editing on Adventurous, mm -hmm. and I started just hearing the background noise, and it's like, oh, where is this? This is nowhere on the track. How am I supposed to get rid of this distant breathing that I hear? And then I realized, <laughs> oh no, I was still in the voice channel. And I'm not alone anymore. No. But uh, so unfortunately, it is the last episode of Adventures that we've got recorded. And I don't know. Um, I don't know if or when we'll be able to record more Adventures content. And it ends on a cliffhanger. So at least Valiant, you're going to give people some closure. Yeah. It won't be wrapping up the story in the way I would hope, which is across dozens of episodes where you get to love these characters and get super attached and get really emotional at the end. But I'll still tell you like the, the large beats of the, the story uh, at, at the end of it. We had um, wrapped up the stuff in the temple of the Whisperer and then decided, okay, we're going to take a break. We came back our next session and we were just doing um, a debrief episode. We we're talking about, oh, how are you feeling about the, the campaign so far? Do you want to see any changes? What kind of things do you hope to see happen with your character in the future? Uh, and then after that, we weren't able to get back together at all. So we will have the last couple of episodes in Temple of the Whisperer, this debrief episode, and then the episode where I come on and say, well, that's the end of Valley." <laughs> oh, so you're even going to release the debrief episode? Yeah, why not? There's no reason not to. I mean, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff, I think. And not for nothing, but Owen and Rob and Avi and Jess are all interesting people to listen to, I think. It's fun to talk with them. And there's no reason why I should uh, deprive the world of that. They're, they're, they're great people. So, you know, it, it'll also you know give you some hints on what might have happened in the future. And then the, the final episode where we close up shop, I kind of give a quick rundown of what the story was po possibly going to be, the, the ideas I had in mind and, and stuff. And, you know, we, we say goodbye to Valiant, but it's, it's just sitting here on this hard drive that, and I haven't finished editing it yet. Yeah, I know that feeling. This Adventurous was due out, I think, four weeks ago, maybe even six weeks ago. And uh, it, it was, like, I remember during the recording, it was rougher than any of the other parts of the recording. And uh, I, I forgot about this, but I'd actually started editing, and I'm editing about five minutes of it. And for me to have given up after five minutes, I think it was a stressful edit in those five minutes mm. of just getting rid of just the increased awkwardness and the repeated like uh, filler words and the number of cuts that I'd seen in that first five minute chunks was way more like it was more in those first five minutes than we had in the average episode of Adventurous. And so I was like, oh, yeah, now I remember why I didn't get this out six weeks ago or whenever it was originally due. And then I got super busy, you know, busier than usual. And now that I'm finally committed to getting back to this. Like I, I started this edit tonight at about uh, seven thirty my time, maybe even seven o'clock, and so for a 
episode that I'd already started to take me three hours to edit. And it's about a 50 minute episode in the end. Ah, oh, I don't know what happened, but we probably should have just accepted that we'd run out of steam at that point and scheduled some other time to finish thing up. But instead we were like, we're going to finish it tonight. And that was a mistake. How are you, Ryan? How have you been? I've been good. I've been actually, honestly, I've been just fantastic. That's uh, great. I'm happy to hear that. It's weird to say that the last few years have been some of the best years of my life. Hey, that's good. I, yeah. I'm glad someone is getting some, some happiness. Not, I'm not saying that I'm not happy, but like getting a, a lot out of life at the moment. That's that's great to hear. Especially yeah. going to happen to a nicer guy. Oh, thanks, Luis. But yeah, the uh, like working from home really worked well for me, and it meant that I could get my workday in, and like I I didn't have to stress in the morning about packing my lunch for the middle of the day, or just being like, fine, I'm not going to pack a lunch, I'll go and I'll buy something that's just spending money and eating more calories. Like mm-hmm. all of those little things added up to just a much more pleasant life, and it meant that I could do my eight hour shift at work get the kids, spend some time with kids, have more energy, have time to do all kinds of freelancing. So yeah, those, those two years I was super productive and it happened, uh, again, feels weird to say it, but it happened at a good time with the essence 20 opportunity coming in because then not only was I able to do, uh, play a major role in writing the core rule book, but I've basically had nonstop assignments ever since then. Like I had three days off last week since and like, basically from the core rulebook to last week, finishing up an assignment without the next assignment already being on my plate has been nonstop freelance contracts. And it's been great. And if, Hey, if that's, if you're enjoying that, then more power to you. Yeah. Very. Oh, uh, it, like I, I've mostly been working on GI Joe, but like I got an opportunity to work on some transformer stuff, which is very exciting. And my little pony has been, uh, I put, I turned over my little pony adventure and the fear was that using Essence 20, which the other rule books are very combat heavy. Mm-hmm. And so adapting it to My Little Pony, the worry was that it was going to be an awkward fit. But because I worked on the core rule book, I knew how we had uh, worked around social encounters in a way that we didn't really address in the other core rule books. And then writing an adventure afterwards and implementing those social encounter rules that I'd written. I was like, oh, this does work. This is going to be fun. This is going to be great. So, uh, yeah, th- that was... That's something I can't wait to, for people to get in their hands. Honestly, there's so much stuff that I have turned over for Essence 20 that because of production issues and, and delays, like, like I've got a dozen credits on books that will be coming out in the next couple of years, but haven't even been announced yet. And so it's just like, wow, it's just, there's just, there's so few books that are out right now, but I know that there's so much more to Essence 20 that people are going to be seeing over the next few years. That's great. I'm glad you're, it sounds like you're not getting burnt out from all that work, which is good. No. So the, the area that I'm worried I'm really falling behind on, well, I guess there's two areas. One is that I'm not nearly, I'm not gaming nearly as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd love to be doing an essence 20 actual play for the network. I'd love to just have an essence 20 home game. And I'd love to have a, a pathfinder home game on top of that. But basically I have pickup games every now and then, and then some play testing, which is really not you know, it's relaxing work. and just gaming. Yeah, it's work. Yeah. So that's one area that it's like, I have given up my gaming hobby for the sake of my gaming career. But then the other aspect is I do have to admit that I am not putting in the 
hours to the network uh, that I used to, and I am worried about what that's happening, what's happened to the network because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Hopefully 2023 will be a, a year where we really write the, the ship for the network. We have some plans for new hosts for the No Direction Network, uh, sorry, the No Direction podcast, but uh, that's still uh, at least a month off. And at the rate that I'm moving forward with it, it unfortunately might be even longer than that. But we've also got two new Pathfinder 2E actual plays that are in the works. One of them is very close to launch. I've heard. The other one shows a lot of promise. So even though Valiant and Adventurous look like they're going away, or at least Adventurous is going away for a little while, we've got new actual plays replacing them. And I feel like we're going to have uh, more more regular content than we've had for about six months or so. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I've heard of one of these. I don't know the other one. And I mean, you don't have to talk about them now if we don't want to. Uh, have the the KD curse where we talk about a thing and then it never comes out. Right. Well, yeah. And I, I even though this is the holiday special and we're kind of doing some previews for the things to come in the future, yeah, I don't want to say too much about either of those right now. Other than to say that the three major projects that we've got in the hopper are these two actual plays and the return of KD Prime. Yeah, that'll be good. I'm excited. Me too. Maybe I can come on and talk about Pathfinder. I know a little bit about oh, that. Oh, do you talk about Pathfinder? Yeah. I know a, a, a person or two at Paizo. I can maybe get them in contact with the network. Nice. All right, Luis. I think I'm going to wrap it up for the evening. Sounds great. good talking to you. Yeah. I'm happy to talk even when it's not the holidays. We should. Uh, I'm going to do that thing where people say, like, oh, we should hang out more. We shouldn't just wait for these things to happen. And then you wait for these things to happen. I've been very good about saying that. And then within a week, texting or reaching out to whoever and saying, all right, we're going to make this thing happen. <laughs> I've gotten nice. better at that. So maybe maybe it can just be another chat like this or um, something. Or it could be a game, you know, a one shot or something. I, I haven't played SS20 before. Maybe we can have Keeley run a game for us. Ooh, all right. I mean, I was thinking of running the game but yeah sure, but then you don't get to play Keely. in the same way <laughs> yeah I know, but jamming like we were talking about how uh play testing is work but jamming is not work jamming is still fun well that's i don't want to as someone who's been on the receiving end of a oh can we play this will you run it for us so many times over the years uh i don't want to force the will you run this for me onto anyone else <laughs> unless Keely. unless they want well Keely, i mean he gets what he deserves uh, <laughs> <laughs> so no I, I mean i just figured at some point then you'll you'll return the favor and run for Keely. sure that makes sense actually Keely ran for me uh what was it the troubles in otari yeah but that's so not essence 20 no it's not essence 20 but between Keely and i gming He's the last one that was in the GM chair, so mm-hmm. I owe him. Well, I'll leave it to you, but I'm not going to say, Ryan, you have to run a game for me. All right. But I'd love to so play a game I, with you. What I have to figure out is this thing that I did with my friend Emily, where whenever I would see a unicorn t-shirt, I would send it to her. And <laughs> that would usually lead to at least a conversation and catching up and stuff. And I just need to find everyone in my life's unicorn t-shirt. Okay. Well, so that if I stumble across something that reminds me of them, we can strike up a conversation. Um, uh, n- and next time I'm at um, pro wrestling, I'll I'll reach out. Nice. 
That's what. Next I'll time do. you're at pro wrestling. Yeah, next time I'm, I'm going to watch some pro wrestling. I'll, I'll I'll reach out. I mean, it's not as frequent as I came across unicorn t-shirts, but sure. But I, anyway, it, I appreciate it, it's it's so specific that I can't help but remember next time I go to this. This is all a setup because of I'm, I'm going to go see some wrestling next time. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to see? Um, what are we? I'm going with Logan, and we're going to. Um, is it? Yeah, AEW. Oh, really? Oh, awesome! Yeah. AEW did a show in Toronto, but it hasn't done a show in Montreal yet. So, I'll, I'll send you a picture from there, and then say uh, Essence Twenty question mark. <laughs> yeah where where's the want to get where, the aew license sure why not i feel like if essence 20 got any wrestling license it would be uh an adaptation of hulk hogan's rock and wrestling then you know what whatever it takes all right i'll start making calls great <laughs> all right well i hope you have a great holidays luis and we will talk soon thanks you too talk to you later ryan have a good night Always nice to talk to Luis. Unfortunately, now I have a bone to pick with him. We are talking about Jason Keeley right before the segment with Jason Keeley, so all I have to do is say, speaking of Jason Keeley, here's Jason Keeley. And then he brings up wrestling, and it's like, Luis, you've ruined a perfect segue into the segment with Jason Keeley. Speaking of Jason Keeley, here's Jason Keeley. Jason. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm All right. uh, I'm sweaty. Sweaty? The heat going now. Oh, boy. I had my thermal socks on upstairs, but now that I'm in the basement right next to the heater, it's, it's a lot warmer. So I've got my <laughs> traditional beverages when I'm recording a podcast, a cup of tea, mm-hmm. uh, in this case, peppermint, and uh, mm-hmm. a tall glass nice. of water. And I'm definitely going to finish off this glass of water long before I ever get to the tea. (laughs) That's good. I mean, you got to keep those humors in balance. The humors in balance. Yeah. What does it mean in the four The four humors of the body. Uh, I don't know anything about this. Phlegm, bile, uh, two others I can't remember at the moment. What is this from? Uh, Medieval times. (laughs) Wow. All right. Nope. Yeah. I missed that lesson in my uh, medieval possibly, history class. Possibly more or like uh Edward like somewhere in like the seventeen, you know, like the seventeen, sixteen hundreds or something like that. It's one of those weird things. Yeah, that's where we get those I think that's where we get those some of those words from. And it's why like the word um phlegmatic has the same root as the word phlegm. So because okay. if you're phlegmatic, you means you have you you're you're mostly phlegm <laughs> uh you have a very phlegm like nature which i think is is uh, i think phlegmatic means uh like calm and, and collected whatever um same with the word bilious yeah. which is a, a, an adjective that that means full of bile yeah and so that means you have a high concentration of bile of the four humor so all the when whatever the other two are i think also have adjectives related to them that that deal with personality and and whatnot well, there we go. It's never too late in the year to learn something. You got to learn something. You or or in this case, almost learn something because right. I don't remember 100% <laughs> of it.
I've learned at most 50% of this lesson. <laughs> yes, you've learned that it exists, that you can, if you need to, I leave it up to the uh, the student to finish their lesson. That way you'll remember it more if you go and look it up yourself. I believe that. I was yeah. talking with uh, Crystal and Param one time in an episode about jamming mm. prep, which I do not do. But at one point I was uh, trying to prep for a, a, a adventure path, which was new to me. And yeah, yeah. so I decided that I would draw pictures of the NPCs. And... Oh. Pyramid Crystal both had it in their head that I meant as a tool for the players. But no, this was 100% for me. For me to mm -hmm. remember these NPCs, if I drew a picture of them, then I had, I don't know, engaged with them in more parts of my brain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right, that's, I mean, why you take notes is you write something down, you remember it a little bit better. Generally. So they say, but you've been so during sessions when I'm trying to make any sense of my own notes. That, I mean, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Making sense of the notes later is, as always, uh, the tricky part. So, how was your holidays? Uh, holidays are good, nice and quiet. Uh, on on uh, finished second of three jigsaw puzzles uh, that I plan on doing. Maybe finish the other one before the week is out. So, here's how. Thing. How many pieces are we talking? A thousand pieces each. Okay. Yeah. So you should have standard jigsaw situation. The second one, though, is a mystery puzzle. It was a mystery puzzle. We finished it. Where you don't know what it looks like. Wow. All right. Yeah. It, harder. Much harder. I I remember discovering the advanced puzzles one day and just realizing that I am never going to be that good. Like the edgeless puzzles of a repeating oh, pattern. Puzzles. I saw Ooh, one. It was oh. just like peppermints. So the red and white swirls yeah. stacked over each other and edgeless. Like I, I wouldn't even know where to begin solving this puzzle. Wow, you just gotta start guessing, <laughs> really. But uh, my wife loves puzzles, and we have not done a puzzle in a long time. So maybe that's oh. something that we'll uh, try and get done. I don't know, sometime in the near future. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're ha if you have this time off of like work, like I do, the next this week in between uh, Christmas and New Year's, um, yeah, doing a puzzle it's always fun. Yeah, I, I also have that time. So does she. Uh, I have the second off as a statutory holiday, but she does not for some reason. Mm, I don't. Okay. I guess her Friday, so the thirty the thirtieth, is mm. uh, her her not a vacation day. It's a holiday day. Right, 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 right. Yeah, makes sense. So maybe on the <clears throat> Monday any... I'll do a puzzle with that. Oh no, no, that's no, so I wouldn't. Do, <laughs> it's so it's like so they're so time consuming that it will. Take you all, all all day to do it by yourself. <clears throat> now, similar to puzzles, I put together Lego kits. Well, actually not oh, Lego yeah. kits. They were, uh, I believe their company is Forever Clever, and they have the G.I. Joe license. And mm. I've known about these sets for a long time, but they finally made it to my local dollar store. Where we've oh, got Snake okay. Eyes with the motorcycle, uh, Storm Shadow with the ferret, which is the blue 4x4, four, uh, four and mm -hmm. Cobra Commander with the Fang helicopter. Uh, so those are the three smallest sets. They've also got bigger sets. They've got the Snowcat. They've got the Hiss. And then they've got some quite big sets. Um, hmm. They're not super great in that they don't all stick together. Like, of the three sets, hmm. the only one that really holds itself together is the Ferret. And uh, the minifigs don't sit in the vehicles. They... Okay. You pose them next to the vehicle, I guess. Uh, <laughs> The minifigs are actually pretty good. That's that's probably the high okay. point of the set. They look like the Joes. They look like minifigs. You can put them amongst Legos, and they would look great. But I was oh. annoyed at myself because uh, this was Friday. I decided to put these sets together. And then, like, 20 minutes later, we lost power 
for most of the day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I could have been doing that <laughs> when we had no power. I could have been yeah. working on something on the computer while I still had the chance. Yeah. Oh, well, you never know when that's going to happen, though. I mean, we were warned. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We could, but it might not have happened. Then would you have done any like any construction at all if it didn't happen? Think I mean, about probably it eventually. Way. Those three things were sitting on yes. our dining room table. Okay. So it was either put them together or put them away <laughs> in the box fair of enough. shame. Fair enough. Uh, this Christmas, we lost a present. This is the first time we've ever done this. So oh, uh, I've got my two daughters. We bought them a whole bunch of presents. And while we were shopping, it was always like, okay, we got to make sure not only do they have equal value to make us feel good about it, we also have to have like equal sizes and equal number of presents so that when they're right. opening, they look at them and they're like, well, she got a bigger present. It doesn't matter right. if one got like a, a tiny diamond ring and the other one just got a giant <laughs> I don't know, a two by four. Uh, no, it's the relative <laughs> sizes would upset them. Although I've got another present, uh, another anecdote about that we could talk about uh, after. But anyway, so when we were starting to, to wrap things, it was like, we're, we're missing Scarlet's big present, like or her second biggest oh, present. Man. What is going on here? And so we uh, looked in the car, we looked in all the hiding spots, which I'm not going to go into just in case the girls ever listen to this podcast. <laughs> and uh, we were like, maybe we never even bought it. Maybe we put it out of the cart or something. So we checked the bill. We definitely bought it. We definitely didn't have it. Our best guess was that we had left it on the counter at Toys R Us, uh, packed oh, everything yeah. else up in the cart and walked away. So yeah. um, yesterday, Boxing Day, uh, we had a couple of hours and we were like, let's go to Toys R Us. The girls have some money. And now's their chance to get anything that they wanted that they didn't get. And we decided to just go up to the counter and say like, here's the situation. We think we forgot a toy here. Is there any way that you could backtrack and see if we've got it? And it's like, yes. We have a whole rack of toys that are left at the cache. We put oh. the date and the time that they were found. And so if you show us your bill and the date and time reasonably matches, like the bill will be some time before it goes up on the rack, but probably reasonably close. So yeah, they went to the back and they found this this uh, doll dog house that we had got, Scarlet. Uh, and, you know, Christmas was saved. Christmas was saved. That's excellent. I now, did two want... things, though. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just saying I, I once lost a whole bunch of pre- I like left presents a bag of presents on a train once and Oh no. Went it was like going to work and I was gonna be going home after that and I just was like, Oh no. That's yeah, like my left. nightmare, by the way. I constantly have actual nightmares about I left a bag somewhere and it's just gone, I guess. So yeah. I left a lunch bad. on a bus one time and like not only did I was I upset that I didn't have lunch for that day, but I really liked that lunch bag. Oh, it was no. like thermal and fancy and just yeah yeah that was a real loss. Too bad. I know. Well, what were you about to say there about the thing? oh the other story? No, you said the, the, the you got this present. Oh, yeah. You found the present back, but oh yeah. Something. So um, on Christmas morning, Scarlett did not notice that she had a Christmas oh. present missing. <laughs> so well, yeah, we did. we. The night or the night before when we were packing the gifts, we yeah. had like the plan is we will. Set her aside and explain it to her. She's the older of the two, so there's mm-hmm. more of a chance that we could set her down and say, like, look, yeah. we, we messed up. It's somewhere in the world, and if we go and they don't have it, we will just buy you a new one. It'll mean that we spent okay. twice as much for this one thing, but we will get it. But yeah, no, she didn't even notice, and so we told her anyway, and told her right. when we go to Toys R Us, we'll look for it. Uh, and luckily, while we were... So Tina was the one that went to the counter, and I was just walking around with the girls, and we went to the spot that they sell those toys, and they were actually sold there. So oh, had they not kept them aside, we would have been in more right. trouble. 
Yeah. Did did your other daughter notice the that? Uh, no, neither uh, of them. Noticed. Present was an extra present was purchased later though. Purchased like mm. that that they, a second present got out of that came out of the Toys R Us more one more present than should have been. Yes, she did, especially because Toys R Us sale was it was forty percent or buy one get one forty percent off, mm. which. I kind of felt bad about going into it because it's like, that's almost like it's not a sale unless you specifically mm-hmm. intend to buy two things of the same brand. And like, I had very little shopping agenda. I wanted to buy a toy, uh, Tiger Force Rakondo, who I had seen the other day and passed on, but, you know, was getting a little bit of FOMO. And so if I saw him back mm-hmm. on the shelf, I would pick him up. But then I was like, so what other figure should I buy? Probably an army builder since I already have everything else that's already on the rack. Or maybe one of the movie Snake Eyes lines. Basically, what figure is worth 60% of its ticket price to me that I would right. buy a second one just to justify having a, a, a the discount. But anyway, so for the girls, uh, it, it worked out perfectly that when one of them was like, oh, I want this. The other one was like, oh, I'd like that. We're like, no problem. Today okay, is the yeah. day to be jealous of what your sister has. <laughs> so uh, our present was like two of one thing, two of another thing, two of another thing. And then this one extra present that Scarlett had lost. So that's when Abigail noticed. And uh, and we explained to her, it's like, this is actually a Christmas present that we forgot here. (laughs) That's good. I mean, I'm happy that it all worked out. Yeah, it did. I really, oh man, we we felt so dumb. Just when we (laughs) caught on to it and we just were running around the house. And so on top of running around the house looking for this present, because of that power failure I was just talking about, our alarm had reset, but it's a manual on. So it was set to midnight and on. And so while we're running around the house, there's also suddenly music blaring. And we're like, where is that coming from? So oh. we were positive December 24th at midnight, or I guess December 25th. The girls were going to wake up and be like, what? what is going on? Why are you... Is it Christmas? Yeah. Why are you elbow deep in wrapping paper and bags? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. So you've got the whole week off. Do you have any other plans besides the uh, the last jigsaw puzzle? Uh, more video games. Um, nice. Some of that. And um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I had to finish a little project for myself uh, so that I can go into the new year sort of with a fresh slate of no like freelance or anything like that, basically. Hmm. Uh, and maybe, you know, work on some stuff or not. <laughs> I'm really very. I'm being very uh, 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 easy on myself in that sense. If I'm, you know, I don't. If I'm not working on something. I'm not a bad person, right? Yeah, that's good. So, I, yeah. I'm almost starting to feel like I'm a bad person because of how much I'm working on. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm often apologizing and yeah. thanking Tina for making sure that the girls are taken care of and that I have the time to just sit down here in my office and do all kinds of freelance writing, uh, you know, on top of my day job. And she's <laughs> just like. She also works super late hours, and so she she still thinks that she owes me more than I owe her. So it's really, it's balanced out. Okay, that's good. As long as you all have a, an understanding. Yeah, uh, I mean, nothing in writing or anything, but it works out. Uh, yeah, no, you don't have to do it. <laughs> it's not like a weird uh, prenup or something, uh, or, you know, but just so you know, yeah. If, if each of you feels like you're not doing enough, that's actually better than if either of you is feeling like you're doing too much yeah and what that yes. probably means is that you're probably doing about the same amount yeah all Maybe. right that's a good way of looking at it yeah yeah because uh, you know my, my wife does like 95 you know, like percent of the cooking and but i do 
95% of the dishes and cleaning up the kitchen once she's done cooking and, you know, baking or whatever. And it's like, oh, she was like, I'm sorry, I left so many dishes. I'm like, you cooked and I ate the food. So it's <laughs> keeping me alive. So uh, I think we're even here. So nice. And I don't mind doing the dishes. So yeah, I, I like doing the dishes. I, it's me time. It's me and YouTube. And, you know, often my wife will offer to help and it's just like, that's fine. But now when am I going to watch those YouTube videos I had mentally in my head queued up to watch? There you go. Yeah. Sometimes you get that set. You get something set. You want to do a thing. Right. And if you like can't quite find out a way to do it, like you're like, ah, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and YouTube videos specifically are something that I feel guilty just sitting on the couch watching because it feels like that's entertainment. I could be doing something else while I'm doing it. Dishes being the perfect thing. Whereas like. I tried to do the dishes while watching Andor, and I just felt like I am missing too much. I have to just mm. stop these dishes, focus on Andor. <laughs> it's good, good. Yeah, I, I like I watch a fair amount of Sudoku YouTube videos. Interesting. That's a good What's thing a Sudoku too. YouTube video like? Well, it's just a guy. So it's just there's this British channel, um, and they solve these really kind of mostly very difficult Sudoku, and uh, watching him do it. That's it. Is there running really? commentary? Yeah, he talks a bit like this goes, you know, it explains the logic of what's going on. And sometimes I'll be like, you're missing a thing. I'm like yelling. At the <laughs> I'm like, no, no, there's seven goes. Can't you tell it? The seven goes there. And he does this whole other thing. He does like eight other things. And then comes back to the seven <laughs> in a different way entirely. And I'm like, oh, of course. Um, but it's very, I don't know. It's it, it's relaxing. Sometimes I watch it a little bit. Bef- well, I'll watch like a little bit before bed too. It'll kind of okay, bring me yeah. down. Yeah, that calms the brain down. Yeah, yeah. That and then and then I'll then I'll and then I'll read <laughs> for like another half an hour and then that's uh that's how I go to sleep. That's it. That's sure. That's riveting. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I would say that I have nearly done a uh, interesting book um, that's called "The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter." Uh, that I think sounds it's like familiar. The first book. But oh, you may wait, have brought actually... it up on the podcast. Oh, did I? I don't know. I, I've only, I've been re- I've only been reading it for about a week and a half now. Um, Owen tweeted about it at some point, and that's where I got okay. the, found it from. So you may have heard it from heard about it from him. Um, but it's a real pastiche of sort of Victorian literature in a lot of ways because the the main characters are a group of the basically the daughters of all of these famous fictitious people like uh, it's Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde's daughters, and uh, uh, basically this person who was raised by uh, Dr. Moreau and um, uh, uh, Justine Frankenstein, basically, um, that kind of stuff. There's also, and there's, a, there's, there's a reference in there to this, to this short story that should, which I've never read, which I should probably read called, oh, what's it called? Like the botanist's daughter or something like that. But that uh, 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 this, it's about this biology botanist or whatever makes his daughter poisonous essentially by feeding her poison slowly and, and stuff like that. So, so okay. it's basically like, you know, and, and, and so they kind of have, they have a little bit of superpowers a little bit, you know, like the, Mr. Hyde's daughter is a little kind of like, oh, she's really good at fighting and stuff, you know, and, and there's this poison person. And then the, 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 the Dr. Moreau's quote unquote daughter is basically was born as a cat, a puma, and now she's a human. Okay. Um, But then also Sherlock Holmes is in it. Uh, and then you read it, you know, as you go on, I'll, I'll spoil it. That's quite a spoiler, but as you're reading it, like, oh no, all this stuff is happening. And you're like, oh, this looks like, you know, kind of like Jack the Ripper kind of case happening. And then you, there's someone who confesses to it. And you, who is, you know, he's in this asylum now. We'll go meet him. His name is Renfield. And I'm like, wow, it's so <laughs> many, it's so many references that it's like 
almost overwhelming, but it's an interesting story. And does everything line up? Is like everything... just based on timelines, based on how the characters are represented. I, I don't know. I haven't okay. done enough research. I know that some of that stuff is sort of, you know, I know the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde stuff is contemporary with Sherlock Holmes, which, you know, essentially should be. Um, but they talk a little bit. The Frankenstein stuff has happened a hundred years ago or something like that, which I guess maybe makes sense. Um, I, yeah, and obviously the original Dracula book has a lot of Victorian, like Mina Harker and, and Jonathan Harker in Victorian London, I think. All right. Yeah. So I think it lines I'd... up. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I bring it up because I know uh, somebody broke down uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and how mm, yeah. these different characters, how old they should be and whatnot. And most of it really does line up. This was just really a great time for literature uh, where all yeah, these characters of... that have survived hundreds of years all came from the same country at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say. Um, so yeah, I would say go check that out. Maybe. It's my recommendation. I want to say I recommend it. <laughs> Why not? Recommendation is go check it out. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna tell you what to do. Okay. It's just a, you know, I know it's not what that's not what a recommendation is, but <laughs> that it is just a. Uh, you better something. read this book. It's not a demand. I'm not telling anyone to go out and read this, but maybe you know, I don't know. Uh, author's uh, name is Theodora Goss. So uh, if you need to know the author's name and i'm 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 gonna uh head into the um probably read the sequels if they come in the library previously sequels. to that oh, like multiple sequels. i think i think it's a series i think it's a short i don't Ooh. know how many at the moment and also though prior to that um i was just reading shonen mcguire's um God, i think i can't remember the name of the series but it's this other it's sort of this boarding house and all these girls have come from uh have had experiences like Alice in Wonderland, or or um, uh, 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 people basically, uh, girls who are taken to other worlds, and then they're back now, and they're trying to adjust and stuff like that. And one of them is sort of brought to a very Frankenstein, you know, there's a Dracula, you know, vampire, clearly a vampire world, like a kind of a dream. One of them has come from the underworld, you know, and so they, there's all this kind of interesting stuff about like how they're, um, how all these other worlds have like alignments almost, like this is some of it, some of it can be whimsy or or somber, and you know, and dark and light that kind of stuff and oh, like, that's cool so there's a lot of them and then and then you know you know some stuff starts happening and this then the second book uh, uh in that series actually uh, like sort of takes place before the first book in one of the worlds you sort of get the story of these two this this uh these two sisters who ended up in the uh uh the the vampire world and you know one of them is sort of taken by the vampire and the other one is taken by the mad scientist uh and you know what happens and how they get back to the the present essentially that first of all that sounds like something i should talk to kathy about because if she hasn't read this this definitely sounds oh, right yeah. up her alley but the yeah, thing, yeah 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 i would say yeah it reminds me there's a house of former cast members of the real world because after spending time on that show they just couldn't adjust to living with like regular roommates and so they had to set up oh. this like fictional version of real world where they had confessionals and stuff like huh they had to recreate that lifestyle because it had just become wow. their lifestyle now. That's weird. It is, yeah. Yeah. Well, and add a sci-fi element, you got the book you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, add that sci-fi fantasy stuff, and then yeah, basically, um, yeah, and it's yeah because this boarding house is being run by someone, you know, basically someone who went into a Narnia and you know came back at 
decades ago and she's like i know there's other girls out there so i'm setting up this house to sort of help them yeah that's cool no i really like this idea yeah yeah and sometimes you go back Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, sometimes the girls get to go back. That's just when they're always looking for their... Uh, when's the portal going to open again so we can go back? And 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 apparently there are other also the other boarding houses across... You know, this. there's a lot of back, like a lot of like world building in, in the first book that you hear some other stories about like, oh, this one is... There's another one that where uh, uh, the house is mainly for boys because the boys don't necessarily get sucked into these worlds as much as girls do for mm. some reason. You know, it's all sort of explained. But then some of them get they to They all like, end up in King Arthur's court. Yeah, that's basically right. Um, and uh, um, uh, there's some people who don't want to go back, and there's a house for them, right? Like, oh, I had a terrible time, but these are the, this is the house for the girls who want to eventually go back. Hmm. Would Alice want to go back to Wonderland? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I mean, she did sort of. I mean, she went. Yeah. There's two. You know, there are two stories. So, but yeah, was she every time? Every modern sort of ish retelling of Alice too has like. Uh, uh, the like Alice when she's like 20 and she's forced to go back because Wonderland's all messed up and, and she's got to go stop some bad guy or whatever. I know the Tim Burton ones are like that. Are there more modern retellings? Uh, that do that I'm or? thinking, I'm, I'm thinking of um, a video, uh, I think it might be two video games, but uh, mm. one video game called Alice Madness Returns, I think. And that's one where she's a little older and, uh, you know, goes there now. She's got knives and and stuff because so, yeah, it's an it's an action platformer kind of game where you yeah I I've, fight a bunch of people. As soon as you said video game, I knew exactly what you were talking about. I've seen the sure, picture yeah, of it. Yeah. I've seen cosplayers of it. It's a pretty cool yeah, well, interpretation yeah, yeah, yeah. of the character. It is a cool interpretation. It's got yeah yeah a real real not so mad hatter. That's and sure. it's like God of War style place uh, play style. A little right? bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's an official term for that genre of video games. I'm sure there is. Uh, uh, God of War's third person, what is it called? Third person action adventure or something like that. Uh, maybe platformer, action platformer sometimes. Okay. Yeah. I just know stuff like uh, Metroidvania. Like when I found out that that mm. was a whole genre and I had mm. to, I had it explained to me. It's like, I get it, but boy, it feels like it took you a long time to get to that as a genre. I guess, yeah, they, they, there's a lot. Like, they seem to be piling up i think people like to make them now a days and in the last like 10 years there's just been a lot of them all right we've been going for about 20 minutes now and we've got another podcast to record so uh, yeah let's go I do guess. that <laughs> oh well, i was sure just gonna say let's wrap up out. with uh anything do you do new year's resolutions not really i sort of have some thoughts of things i'd like to do you know there's some there's some projects that i'm going to try to work on i think i may last time i feel like last time i did one of these i said the same exact thing <laughs> there's always projects there's always projects that i want to work on for myself I mean, mainly yeah. is it somehow like a higher tier of project uh no? this year next year maybe oh, it's a little more of a collab i got i've got a collab i'm working on a collaboration right now i would cool. say um with some people some friends of mine and uh i you know taking the game uh 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 to, to, sort of can go into it more uh taking a game that we had written 12 years ago i want to say um and sort of sprucing it up a little cool yeah all right i think it's about time we wrap things up then jason thank you enjoy the rest of your holidays thanks and hope everyone out there has had a good holiday too
That was my Upshift co-host, adventurous co-star, and good friend Jason Keeley. Two-thirds of that also applies to Lauren Sieg, the guest in the next segment. At least she's the guest at the beginning, but as you'll hear, we are eventually joined by John Godak. And only one of the three things I said about Jason Keeley applies to him. Although, two of those three things kind of apply for John to Jason, but only one of them applies to Lauren. We're all friends here. Well, I have made it. Yay. Should I use Audacity? So I'm recording both ends on separate files, but yeah, why don't you would record your end too, just as backup. What are both ends? Like mine and yours? Is that how that exactly. works? Exactly. So okay. I've got one track that's just me, and I do that okay. over Audition. And then okay. I've got Audacity going set to whatever's to record whatever comes through my speakers. Okay. So right now it's just you, but if more people join, it's everyone in the Not Me channel. Okay. Hey, Lauren. It's nice to see you. I've missed you a lot. Oh, that's sweet. I've missed you too. How are you doing, buddy? Oh God, it's this year. Are we doing? Are we doing like official content, or are we just talking as friends real quick? I think that this will be official content. Some people, it's just we don't really have anything official to talk about. But I feel like we can uh, announce something official in this if you want. Uh, I'd I'd like to have uh you know more conversations with you before we do official okay. announcements. Well, so then, like <laughs> announce what? We got nothing official to announce. <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, so there is a show coming up. Um, I'm pretty pleased with it. Uh, in the past, uh, I've been a player in a lot of our actual plays, but I haven't really called many of the shots, you know? It's like I've been lucky enough to be involved, and it's always been... But you're so busy these days, Ryan, and, and you know, with Perrin not here making these things happen, it was like, you know, I guess it's time that I go ahead and make it happen myself. So... <laughs> So that's what I've been doing. I've been playing uh, the. I've been putting on hats, uh, nice. <laughs> many hats. I've been running logistics and uh, and I've been putting putting this cast together. One of the things that I just really hammered home at the very beginning. Every actual play I've ever been in, the hardest difficulty has been scheduling. Yeah. So I considered tons and tons of different cast members for this show, but the the first thing that I was concerned about was scheduling. Can you make a reliable schedule of uh, of such and such date? And we decided, you know, for us, that's going to be every other Monday. And, and that's a roughly every other Monday. Like, if we could do two or three Mondays a month, then we're golden. And so everybody I spoke to who was like, I'm not sure I might be able to do that. It's like, okay, well, well you know, we'll call you back, but we don't. You know, we called back to people who are like, yeah, I can make every other Monday happen. No problem. That is the cast we've got. And I am blown away by these guys. They are boggling my mind. We, I got, of all, I got Owen Casey Stevens to say he wants in on it. I also stole Jess Redekop from KD. Two just legends right there. Oh, and what's that? I got a third legend. I got Mimi from the direction, you know? Michelle, like we're doing great. Language. I, I, I'm sorry, Ryan. I try. I really try. I get it. You're just that excited about Michelle. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about all of them. And then I've also got some new blood in there too. We've got um my my good friend Chris, who is he's not new to Pathfinder, but he is new to Two E, and he's very new to to uh, podcasting. 
but he's got a lot of really creative energy, a lot of raw creative energy. He reminds me a lot of myself way back in the day before even KD saw me, where it's just like, hey, I want to do a lot, but I, I, I just I need some kind of help uh, getting refined. And I really think that in Chris, we have just some raw potential that we can mold into something just beautiful. I really think we have a, we have a lot of potential there. And then Drew, man, he came out of nowhere. This guy, he's new to RPGs in general, much less Pathfinder, and that's my favorite. Folks who know me from home or from anywhere else, my favorite players to have at the table are ones who don't know what they're doing because they come <laughs> they it is they come with so much imagination that is unfettered by bad habits that they've learned from previous editions or from min-maxing games, they just have a cool idea and they want to know from the GM, how do I do this cool idea? It's the best. And then it doesn't hurt also that Drew happens to be a professional radio tech. He was the, ra he, he was the audio tech for a radio station. And when I listen to him produce, I'm just like, geez, wow. You know, I can't believe this cast we've, I've, you know, we've got put together. This team's going to, I tell you, Ryan, we're make, we're gonna make waves. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to get to hear our first product. I don't know if you noticed, Lauren, but I took about two sips from my mug here. I had not added a tea bag to my tea yet, so I just had two sips of hot water. Have your ha enjoy your hot water. It's you know, it's all right. <laughs> Palate cleanser. Yeah. I gotta say, Lauren, you approached me. It feels like maybe it was two days ago. I don't know. It feels like it was not long ago with the idea. And I was on board, and then very quickly you started putting things together, and I, I was having trouble keeping up with everything. I, uh, I'm impressed <laughs> with how quickly this became a thing. It was the holidays, and I know that you've got all these amazing things going on with your family, like with, with Christmas trees, and you've got little girls opening presents, and you know, I, I, I made a point to not bother you with anything. <laughs> I decided I'm just going to handle everything on my own. And when you and I have time, we'll get together. We'll talk about it. You can meet the, the people I've put together. Everybody's real excited to get to talk to you and get your ideas. I, I, sure, because you set up your own Discord and I pop in every now and then, and there's a lot of new messages. So I'm not really able to keep up. But I didn't even know Michelle was on board until suddenly I see her chatting in there. And she's, she's your GM now? Yes. Yeah, that's where we're at. I auditioned Mimi, and I was just blown away. I was just blown away. She's so good. So I know I know she's extremely creative. I remember from the Mwangi Expanse ep uh, episode that we recorded of No Direction, just talking to her about the sections she did in that book, which was an amazing book. So I was impressed with her then, and we've had her on the podcast a couple of times since then, but I've never seen her in an actual play. So that's cool. It's cool to know that this energy and this creativity also transfers over to that. She, you know, if you ask any of the ones on this team, at least they'll tell you that I've had more of a heavy hand in guiding this project than I like to have. I'd rather set, I, I'd rather just set it up and then sit back and let all of the amazing minds run it for me, you know? But I, I really want this to be a big deal. I want this to be the most successful podcast I've been in. I'm, pulling out all the stops and one of the things when i when i interviewed mimi about this is I said i have this idea for this show and i want to know if you can make these things happen i want even though we're running through a pre-made adventure i want the story to be character focused and by that i mean specifically 
I want there to be at least one one shot for each character, which is more related to their story than it is to the main story. And if you tie them both together, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. And she was like, um, this is literally the way I run all of my games. And I'm like, I'm like, please marry me. I mean, join this show. (laughs) I was very impressed. All of them have just impressed the heck out of me. And let me tell you, when I say pull out all the stops, let me tell you what I mean. I'm hiring a a voice uh, coach, a voice actress to come and do a workshop with us. Uh, And then anyone on the cast who wants to come to that and wants to workshop a character voice, by all means, they can. If they don't want to, I'm trying to not say, you got to come. I'm trying not to be that person, you know, but like, you know, we're going all the stops on this. Well, you send me the bill for that. That's an awesome idea. Oh, I've got a running invoice on my side and we already because the holidays, because you've been so busy, because everybody's so busy. But on our side, we're so excited. We can't slow down. I went ahead and sent and just sent out a thing to the whole team. If you need something, let me know. I'm buying it. Well, Bill Ryan, if he if he feels like this is a good uh, expense, then, you know, the network will take care of that. If there's things that are outside of our budget, that's on me because this is what I'm here for. All my eggs are going in this basket. Ryan, I left all of my other hobbies, all of them, and I'm rededicating in, in back into putting this actual play together, going back to my roots, just the biggest, the best podcast I've been in. It's pretty exciting. I know when Adventurous first launched, it was pretty successful for a while. And then we had a lot of the scheduling issues and it does feel like we lost steam on it. So um, I have the same energy. Like I'm getting the same vibes from this new project that you're working on as I did from early Adventurous. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to put forward. And based off the lessons, look, the, the way I'm trying to develop this, the way I'm putting it all together is based off everything that I've learned from you from Param, from watching what made some of these actual plays successful, from watching what allowed them to fall apart. I'm using things that I've learned here in graduate school about just how to be meticulously organized and how to make big things happen on my own. You know, I'm this is the culmination of all the things that I've ever done in the RPG industry and just professionally, just to make this the biggest, best show I can. And my, my goal of this whole thing my goal, and you can tell me later if this is unreasonable, is I want to pay my cast anything. <laughs> I if mean, that's we, a low bar, but yes, that is reasonable. If, we, if it starts out as, hey guys, five bucks an episode. I know it's not a lot, but it's something, right? We can go up from there. And, and I, I really want to show the cast that I'm as committed to them as I'm asking them to be to this project. Excellent. So I am very happy with the cast. Uh, I feel like No Direction Network needs some new blood, so I'm glad you've got in some new cast members. And I think you're using existing staff members very well. Like Owen, basically when Valiant ended, I thought that might be the end of Owen's official association with No Direction. Like, obviously, we're all friends with Owen, and so anytime we wanted to do something with him, he would be involved. But he didn't have a role on the network after Valiant ended. So now he still he gets to continue to be a cast member. Jess has, like, a... Um, Actually, and I guess Michelle, too. They both had, like, a consulting role. They weren't full staff. They didn't have uh, their own podcast. They didn't have their own blog. Now they're both cast members. I guess Jess was also on Valiant. So, anyway, you're you're using some existing staff members, but, you know, you're giving them a higher profile than they've had before, and you're bringing in some new staff to the network. So, all of this, I feel, 
is good for the network as a whole. And I, I've said this in other segments that I've recorded. I think this year was one of the first years where the individual staff members had more success than the network as a whole. And it feels like 2023 needs to be a little more restructuring and like uh, strengthening the foundation of the network again. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. We need to get, I'm excited to see what happens with KD Prime, but since I've never really been a part of it, it's kind of just not something I've been able to focus on. You know, it is I, strange how long we've gone without the flagship. But that's why it's I, you know, I'll say it behind the scenes. I'm giving us a new flagship, whether you like it or not. <laughs> you can't just call your show a flagship, Lauren. No, but we'll see. But we'll see how how it goes. You know, I could see it being very successful, but I don't know. In my <laughs> head, flagship is like <laughs> if the name. If the, the show that the network is named after isn't the flagship, that just feels weird to me. <laughs> well, it could be No Direction, you know, colon, Tavern Rats. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're going to be so excited to hear about the crazy stuff we have in store. Drew knows a lot about social media and all the different things, and he's putting together an entire social media plan. And he's nice. talking to, he's saying that when you see successful shows, they have different media content on each social network site linking back to one thing. One of the one of the little social media contents uh, that that I'm that I've already got greenlit through through Drew and through Owen. I'm so excited about this. I haven't we don't have a name for it yet, but it's Owen's Story Hour or so, or something related to that. And Anytime, you know, we, we, we show up half an hour before it's time to go red and record. And if there's some technical is issue or somebody has to go do some, somebody does some late. Hey, Owen, you know, you've been in the industry a long time. What was the worst gym you've ever had? We just oh, recorded geez. that. Why we go just, so negative? I mean, okay. What was the most interesting gym you've ever there had? There we go. You know, what was the most interesting play you've ever had? What was, you know, just, he, he has all of these stories and. I want to highlight them so much. I just, I really just want to share those with the community so they can see and know Owen the way we do. Well, I just got a message from uh, John Godek of Intrepid Heroes and various other shows on the network, and he was asking if he could jump into the chat. I told him for sure, so uh, expect him to join in any minute now. And I think okay. considering the role that I think he has in the network of being someone very dependable, someone with a great... Um, uh, knowledge of how to do social media engagement and he's really great at keeping his schedule he's one of the most reliable members of the network i think uh, this is a great time for him to jump in and uh he's not here yet where is he lauren i don't know but we do need i was telling drew i was like you're gonna be audio our audio guy and our social media guy that's a little much i think we're gonna have to learn how to we're gonna have to pass the social media buck off to somebody else can't be doing all that by himself you know so I generally, like, I handle all of the No Direction social media, and I'm willing to follow his plan if he sends me something. If he wants to do the social media himself, I don't know. I don't want to give a new guy access to, like, the keys he to He would so many love platforms. to give you, he would love to give you, like, you know, this is what we want to do. We just got to, we just got to find a time where you can jump on over there, and we get everybody together, and we all talk about it. They okay, cannot great. wait to meet the legendary Ryan Costello. <laughs> On uh, for, So during my day job, we've been using a social media aggregator where it's just a single website that collects all of the social, social media platform uh, mm -hmm. comments and whatnot. And so I could react to all of the different areas that we uh, post to in one, uh, one location. 
the the site we use is very expensive, but at least it gives me a jumping off point that if I want to look into that for a cheaper version that uh, we could use for the network, I'd uh, it's a it's an amazing tool. It makes my job so much easier. It sounds like it makes your job really easy. I've already got us a network uh, a, a version, a network license for Foundry. So we have, you know, the network now can use Foundry. Just a second, Lauren. What's that, Ups? I am. But you can come on if you want. Okay, you can play there. Abigail was asking if I was doing a podcast and letting me know she was going to be playing just outside my room. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. If you'd like, I can force one of the newbies to come on and introduce himself for the holiday special. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I don't know okay. what happened to John. I told him. Let me just double check. Make sure I didn't misunderstand because okay. I was reading his chat while you were talking. In line with you. Oh, when you get done with Lauren, he said. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I like John. And just, you know, having that professional, having that experience around is just such a boon. Yeah, John's been great. He's, uh... Honestly, as as some of the other op- uh, the, some of the other content has gotten spotty, John has been just so solid. Everything he's coming out is on time. It's it's been prepared way in advance, so I never have to doubt that it's going to get uh, up on the site. He's finding really interesting people for his interviews. When he's having trouble, he lets us know. Speak of the devil. Hey, hey, doing, John? Hey, look at you. That's clean as can be. Yeah, let me get my lighting going. I don't have my lights on here. Sorry. Uh, it's nice to see you, buddy. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Has it been since the last Christmas episode? Jeez, maybe. I wasn't in the last Christmas episode, so. Oh, oh that's gosh. Right. Yeah, so, I was kind of busy. Sorry. Uh, I have a feeling we had like a a, a staff meeting sometime between mm-hmm. two years ago and now, so that must have been the last time. It sounds. It sounds. That sounds like it. Discord yeah. Room. So, John, good to see you. How your holidays been? Pretty good. Um, busy. Yeah, I spent, oh, man. So, Ron and I and Stephanie spent about eight hours yesterday moving Leo Glass from one apartment to the other. Oh, so. <laughs> I saw him asking for help with moves. So, it's yeah. funny that you and, and Steph are, were the ones. Because we're it. really close by, and we all game together. And so, uh, so, yeah, we'll go over. I got a truck, and oh, it was a long day. My body's, like, falling apart now. Oh, so. no. <laughs> I guess speaking of your body, how's how's your kidney? It was a kidney you got replaced, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's doing really well. Everybody asked me that, and it's like it's doing great. I didn't even think about it, kind of thing. It's that good, Excellent. you know. I'm I'm like so much better than I was, you know, like four or five years ago, and it's like ah, uh, it's yeah. I think everybody good. asks you that because most of us have our original organs. So, yes, you know, it's, <laughs> yes, it's interesting and novel to the rest of us. Yeah, no, 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 and and I think that's fine. But I I don't even think about it. So when people ask, oh yeah, yeah, people are probably wondering about that. Uh, my, uh, you know, I tell my wife this. She gave me the good kidney because my kidney function is actually higher than hers is on her old one. So she has one, and mine's a little bit better still. So I mean, significantly, statistically, it's probably about the same. But you know, the numbers, mine's a little bit higher. <laughs> so. <laughs> So a, anyway, it's a weird thing for a spouse to be jealous about, but how does she take it? She uh, she's, okay I don't know. I don't think she gets mad at me. She just says I have to take care of this one good because, you know, she might take it back if I'm not nice to her anymore. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so uh, Laura and I were just talking about the new actual play that she's got in the works. And John, I know that ooh, you've got some, some ideas for another actual play uh, with 
with Esther. Like, I'm just figuring this holiday special, we'll just kind of put everything out there and let people know. Because a lot sure. of people only listen to the podcast, and we never even had an official episode saying, hey, uh, mm-hmm. Vanessa and Dustin got hired by uh, Paizo, and so we've lost two of our producers. We don't have time to uh, schedule things. That's all been posted on the internet. So um, right, right, right. I just figured, in case anyone thinks that we're pod fading or just that the content has suddenly <laughs> yes. disappeared, let's let people know, no, we've got all kinds of stuff in the works, yes. and 2023 is going to be a, a good year for uh, um, fortifying the foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, Esther seemed really well, first of all, super knowledgeable, very personable. I was she got a great radio voice. I mean, everything. Right? She's great. <laughs> that was something we need to get her on the air, you know? Um, but yeah, so she seems really keen. I actually everyone Leo, I just talked to him. He's keen to do something, you know. Uh so lots of folks would like to do something. We just need to get it all together and do that. Does Lauren have, do you have someone for uh, Legend Lore? I need a co-host and a producer. Oh, oh, yeah. So, because I was talking to Leo, I think he might be interested in, in part of that. And he says he can do streaming and some things. I, I just don't know how, I don't know how much he can do. And I don't, I don't know how much time he's going to have <laughs> now that he's transitioning jobs. Uh, but he did have some interest. But yeah, if we can get Leo to co-host Legend Lore. Um, I just will need a producer after that. It, it's pre-recorded. I can do pre-recorded editing and I can do the posting. Mm-hmm. So that's something that, I mean, it would only take me about twice as long as listening to an episode of Legend Lore. And I already listened to all the episodes of Legend Lore. So it yeah. wouldn't be that much more of a commitment from me. Oh, I uh, miss doing Legend Lore. Me and Luis had so much fun. And it'll be tough without him. I love Luis so much. Yeah. But I, but I, I really want get to get back to what we do. Well, so um, if I were to take on this editing role, you would need to record like two weeks in advance just to make sure that I could carve out the time for it. In a heartbeat. All right. Let me let me offer something else instead, because um, I don't want to put this on your plate, Ryan, to do it. Um, I think Esther might actually be really interested in this sort of thing. And her partner is the tech side of all their podcasts. Okay. Well, I've already got and, and honestly, plans for Esther. I know, but this could be something else. I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of thinking because editing a podcast, like you're saying, like for me, I, it doesn't even take me twice as long because I listen to it in the background. Once I get on my level set, get on my noise gate set and compression and everything, boom, just fired off because I don't take out all the ums. <laughs> right. <laughs> I only listen for the F-bombs and stuff or when people have dead silence or, you know, the really outstanding things that we don't want to have. Um because I started doing all the other stuff at the beginning and it took so long. I decided I can't do that producing three podcasts all the time. So, right. so I learned to do editing on a half hour podcast. So taking out the ums yeah. just meant editing was maybe an hour and a half. So two right. hours in total. And I had an episode now that I'm on hour long, two hour long episodes. I cannot have the same diligence as I had for a half hour. Podcast. Yes. Well, don't yes. forget to look into time bolt. Like I told you, you know, there's mm. programs now that, you know, kind of help yeah. automate a lot of this. Does it take out ums too? I know you said it took I'm out silences. I'm told it does. I wouldn't be surprised. Wow. I know what an yeah. um looks like. Right. Like right, I can right, right. identify an um visually. And so if I can learn that, surely a computer could be taught to mm-hmm. I'm it's Just when it runs saying. into words. I know. You oh, know I it. like I like someone that's like a solid um and then they stop. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's easy. That's easy to oh, see. My. Yeah. Like, no, a I, I don't want um, a my. If you will. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh, this is such audio editing nerd conversation, and I oh. so rarely get to have this kind of chat. So I'm glad. <laughs> what do you What do you edit with, Ryan? I, I'm actually curious. So I edit on Audition. Uh, what okay. I do is that usually right. when I'm recording something like this, I will record my track on Audition, and then everyone mm -hmm. else that's on the line, I will set Audacity up to record whatever's okay. coming through my headphones. And mm -hmm. then that's the backup. Ideally, if I'm doing something with multiple people, then they will each record their track individually, send it right. to me, and then we'll I'll uh, uh, layer it in Audition's multi-track. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so that way I can either cut out individual tracks or I can do a whole highlight and cut out a whole chunk if it's just everyone's being right, quiet for right, five right. seconds or whatever. Yeah, I was wondering because because I don't know how to I didn't know how to do that with Discord, so we use Craig. I don't know if you know what Craig is. Craig is a bot in Discord that allow you to, to record individual tracks. Oh, cool. But it no. was really, really wonky, and it quit oh. working. So so that's why I use Zencaster, because it gives me individual tracks, individual video all linked together. And um, so I would like to learn how to do something different. And actually, I'd like to be able to streamline my process a little bit more and record directly into – I use Reaper. I don't know if you're familiar with the Reaper DAW. It's no. a semi-professional um, thing. There's a free version and a slightly paid version for small businesses. And that's where I dump all my stuff in. And all they, all the presets, audio presets and, and things they have for Reaper also are in OBS as well, OBS Studio, or okay. I guess OBS. So it's kind of a neat kind of connection there. I just, I want to find another way to automate a little bit more. So I was curious what, what you did this awesome. Yeah, Param tried to teach me OBS one time. But it, something like this happens every time Param tries to teach me a new software is that I'll download it. He's walking me through it and he'll say, like, press this button. And I'm like, Param, I don't have the button you're talking about. I'll send him a screen cap. And he's like, there should be a yeah. button here. I don't know why you don't have it. I don't know what to do without that button. And then things oh. would just stop. I really like OBS. I ended up having yeah. to teach myself OBS just yeah. for the purpose of my academic research. We needed hmm. something reliable that I could use to get this get the same quality of of video recording based off the trials uh for our test animal and mm -hmm. i decided i was like you know i'm just going to teach my entire undergrad crew how to use obs and that's now what we use to capture our footage is we use obs but you don't edit it i don't edit it oh, so that's the next step you just got OBS to do editing well no no you edit, can't, obs is for you, capturing yeah, yeah, that's what, what I'm thought. saying. If you learn how to edit your video, then you're a producer. See, that's all. Oh, I can edit. I can. <laughs> I can just load up. I've got. I've used the the uh, the the cheating stuff. I have Adobe Elements, and I use yeah. Elements for for a lot of that. I've done it with YouTube videos before. I posted those. Mm -hmm. well, that's not cheating. That's doing the job. Well, sure, yeah. but you know, but Elements like hands hand holds you through the whole thing. You know. That's fine. I, I actually should. I should use Elements because I've been using Premiere to edit, and uh, that's a little bit overpowered for what I need. So, yeah, I... that's the same thing with me on Audition. Like, this is what yeah. people do to make music. Uh, I right. don't need. Right, right. So, I don't need ninety percent of the bells and whistles that are well, installed. In yeah. the they have two different Elements. One is Photoshop Elements. It's just a watered down, hand holdy Photoshop, mm -hmm. and they have Premiere yeah. Elements, a watered down, hand holdy right. Premiere, and. I really like it better. I've played around with Premiere a lot. I played with Rush a lot. I've done so many different versions of recording and e or of editing, and I've decided I like Elements the best. 
All right. Well, I did not realize what it was. Now I will. And try it's it. a lifetime license. You buy the license for Elements once, and it's even though it's Adobe, and you get all the all the updates for free. That's cool. It sounds nice. like we are the target market for elements. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. we are. Super. Right. Might be time to, to change over. I've been using Audition as long as I've been doing podcasts. So like for 15 years. And wow. I know a lot of shortcuts and stuff with it. So even though I'm not using most of its functionality, I, I know how to get it to do what I need it to do. So that's why I'm always nervous about changing things over and changing. Mm -hmm. things. Which is fair. But nervous, not completely against it. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, so what else? What, 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 I don't know what we do in these holiday things. What else are we talking about? <laughs> you know, we catch up because every year okay. it gets to the point that I realize I haven't hung out with the majority of the staff. Yeah. Yeah. This is an opportunity to chat shop, to chat personal lives. I try to make sure that I have original content in every section. So you're not going to hear about the... Uh, present that of Scarlet's that I left at Toys R Us. You're going to have to listen to Jason's segment <laughs> oh, no. to hear about that. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, uh, I don't know. Uh, how's how's your holidays? How's your family? Uh, it's all it's 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 been pretty good. We spent a lot of time together. My kid came down from Vancouver. She's been here a couple of weeks, and she's actually going back up like this weekend for a couple of days, and then coming back. Her birthday's right after Christmas. Both my kids' birthdays are, so we'll celebrate. And then I'll have to go back to teaching. I start next week. No, the 5th or 6th. One of those days I have to start teaching again. So I'm still in kind of vacation mode, except I have a writing deadline. I have a, a, a expanded outline due on the 2nd, and then I have to do my prep. So I'm kind of trying to push all that off until after New Year's. So. Yeah, I'm in a weird spot for writing deadlines. I have two overlapping deadlines for Renegade, which rarely happens. They usually like doing one project mm -hmm. at a time. But um, because I'm both the G.I. Joe guy and the My Little Pony guy for them, right. they've, they let me take one of each project so that uh, both of those can stay on schedule. So I know what both projects are. And they were like 90% of the outline was done and they were about ready to contract me. And now mm -hmm. it seems like everyone's gone on holiday. So... Uh, it, I, I hope they move the deadlines when they come back and I've missed two weeks from what we originally said we would be able to <laughs> yes. do. I would be able to get all this stuff done in because otherwise mm -hmm. I'm really going to have to cram a lot of writing. in. I'm still wow. in vacation mode. I don't teach again until the 11th. Oh, that's nice. But you got research you're doing too, right? I'm supposed to, but this has been a very stressful holiday for me. Ooh. It's really, uh -huh. It's really made me not able to concentrate on my research. This has been the mm. most stressful Christmas I've ever had. Mm. Mm. Everything okay, buddy? Well, you know, next year it will be. Next year I'm going to put explicit instructions on there. Donate the money that you intend to spend on me. <laughs> I just, I really Wait. don't like, I really don't like getting stuff. It, it bothers me at a level that, uh, that I should probably talk to my therapist about. So the stuff is the cause of the stress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. My family will never listen to this, so I'll tell you that I got home from Christmas and I organized all of the stuff that we received, and ninety-five percent of it went in a box in the closet where it will live until next Christmas, where I dump more Christmas stuff on top of it. Because people give us stuff that we don't need. It'll sit around the house, uh, or it doesn't actually do anything, or just stuff we don't need. And you need to make educate them. Mm -hmm. mm. If your family is like my family, then there is no educating them. Like, yeah, 
<laughs> the big thing with my mom, like, so uh, Tina, my wife, doesn't take baths. This is just a thing about her. She doesn't take baths. Hmm. And my mom was constantly getting her, like, bubble baths and, like, bath soaps. And, well, I guess right, she right. soaps. But, yeah, it was usually bubble baths, which then I would benefit from because I take baths all the time. I love a good bath. But, like, there was one year even where she, uh, my mom asked me what Tina wanted. And I said, oh, we've been playing a lot of the Lego video games. Uh, the next, uh, like, Lego Indiana Jones, I think, was the next one that was coming out. And Tina would really be interested in that. And my mom was like, this is a gift for Tina, not for you, Ryan. And so she got her bubble baths, which became oh. a gift for me. Oh, so close. Wow. Yep. Wow. For me, for me, it's it's largely hot sauces. It's not a secret that I'm a connoisseur of extreme spicy, the kind of spicy that would make any white person just completely turn to ash. But I don't, I don't like like a very boring hot sauce, and in, in mm-hmm. so a lot of times they, I get those stupid variety packs at oh, Walmart right, right, right. where it's just like vinegar and like a cayenne mash, and the, and it's like six of them. I, you know, I don't want that. I did get one that's interesting this year that I'm really excited about. It's Scotch Bonnet Ginger, and it also has a sweet onions, bell peppers, and lemon juice. And I'm very excited about this one. Everything about that sounds good to me. Yeah. It is. It's good. I only like artisanal hot sauces. That's all I like. But people be getting me like cayennes and stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't want this. This is going to turn the, this is going to, I don't know, rot or something. I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> That was basically the gifts I got this year. I got a variety pack of fancy antipestos and a uh, wasabi lime mustard. The really Ooh, fancy. That sounds good. Oh yeah, it, that one's very good. It makes uh, everything else I eat feel pretty bland, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do. I I smoke a lot of meats now, and so people have gotten to start giving me different rubs and stuff like that. And then one of my kids uh, gave me these matching uh, brands, like. Um, it's the, I think it's the First Order brand and the uh, Alliance brand, whatever the two competing ones are. You know, and the thing is, I'm thinking, I, I don't know if this will work on smoked meats because I don't, you don't cook them hot enough, mm. right? You brand like steaks and stuff. Mm. But like when you're smoking something, it, you know, you're smoking it at, you know, 225 degrees. That doesn't get anything red hot. So I got to figure out what to do. I, I think that. One of my kids just decided I'm into Star Wars, so they've been giving me lots of Star Wars stuff, you know. So this was a Star Wars and grilling kind of thing, which I think is a great combo. I just can figure out how to how to make that work. Looking but at I will your say, shelf I, behind I've been, you, you're flanked by an X-wing helmet and Boba Fett's helmet. So that's true. I think they were yes. right about oh, that. Oh, and uh, oh, and the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, oh, oh nice. Yes, there he is. Yeah. And somewhere I got the Mandalorian's pistol back there too. I I actually have a full Mandalorian set of Beskar armor. Really? Yes. Oh wow! Yes. Not not of actual Beskar, but no, it looks like Beskar. <laughs> Imitation <know>. Beskar. <laughs> Imitation Beskar. I, I got this at, in the start of COVID, and uh, the idea, you know, before COVID, right? I was going to wear it to like a convention or something, and I can't go to conventions. And so, what I want to get is a mannequin to put it up, so I can be back here as well. So here's but the thing: putting mannequins all those... don't have proper human proportions, and so if it's proportions for you then it probably will look funny on a mannequin yeah uh, okay so i need to get a fat mannequin to put back here and uh, the problem is that it's got so many different pieces and stuff to to connect on and everything too so i don't know but i'd like to wear that you know so like for when i teach on halloween i always dress up but i usually do my 
x-wing pilot thing with the helmet and stuff because that's really easy to do i want to go as a mandalorian but i got to get it all together still and it's just a little bits and pieces i mean i, I have all the pieces but how how the plates attach is really wonky right oh, okay. they kind of tie on so i can't tie i can't put them on myself which means somebody else has to dress me for an hour <laughs> before i go somewhere and then i have to have help undressing if i you know whatever so i want to try to make it so i can make quick connects and that's kind of a next problem i mean there's a feat you can take for that if, you know. <laughs> yes i know but <laughs> but what i was gonna say for pre for presents um so i have a my i have an older daughter works for nintendo and her boyfriend is a big time darth vader fan and so i've been playing this long game for christmas presents with him so like two years ago i got him a darth vader lightsaber you know, they're really, really good saber ones that light up, make noise and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Last year, I got him a uh, the Black Series Darth Vader helmet that has the breathing sound and stuff in it. And so he really liked that. And so this wearable. year, I got... What's that? It's wearable? Yeah, it's wearable. Nice. Wearable. All the, all the Black Series stuff is wearable. The helmets. So they're, they're, they're pretty... They're not uncomfortable the the mandalorian the bova fett one is really hard to see because <laughs> it's yeah. such a tiny slit <laughs> but but they're wearable they have padding they're comfortable but this year i got him a nice cosplay darth vader outfit to go with it so now i got him over three years got him a full set and so i gotta figure out what my next long game is going to be with presidents that uh, presence for him so when i'm back at a point to... in my life where i can do conventions again i really want to commission a really nice 40k cosplay Ooh. oh wow a sister probably not sister that's a little much maybe just the astro militarum the men yeah. and women of the imperial guard the front line of the imperium katia stands have you done yeah, i've a seen lot of some of those a little bit i've dabbled but i've never done anything very fancy i i have but all of my friends here uh, here at university they're they're very very furries and they're very good at making costumes and they've offered mm. to help mm -hmm. uh, make this costume awesome good friends to have oh yeah yeah we, we play we play a lot of pathfinder together right now we're in a pirate game but all the islands are in the sky and i am my vampire pirate the pirate queen uh who is who is on a mission to unite the raider clans and form our own pirate nation wow very cool i missed the transition from costuming to talking about your pirate queen oh uh, <laughs> how did we get to that I got oh they were local friends. friends local yeah, yeah, friends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you ryan i i see you have your uh chainmail shirt yeah. on uh do you do any cosplay or anything so very little i usually go all out for halloween um, yeah. My favorite costume for, was from a couple of years ago. I went as Two Face, and so I mm -hmm. uh, did oh, wow. a lot of research into what was yeah. the best makeup, and so I did a really nice half face of makeup. It really looked like mm -hmm. all gnarled and stuff. And I used um, press on nails as the teeth for the exposed style yeah. there, and it looked really good. And then a couple of years ago, I did uh, uh, Battle Armor He Man. So it was the He Man mm -hmm. that had like silver chest plate, and he had when you tap him it shows more and more damage. Like there's like a spinning wheel on his chest. And so wow. I uh, built an iPad into a chest plate and I mm -hmm. had the three uh, different uh, damages, battle damage amounts 
uh, as yeah. like swipeable pictures. So nice. that was really cool. These are both my, my work does uh, Halloween uh, contests and both of those came in second place. Oh no, sorry. Two-Face came in first place. He-Man came in second place. So both of those are award-winning costumes. Nice. Very if fun. we had a Halloween costume contest here at the University of Alabama, I would have mm. won it for this past this past Halloween season. We, for the whole last week, my service dog was dressed as a bumblebee, and I was dressed as a beekeeper, and I taught classes <laughs> like that too. Nice. It was very cute. Very nice. One of my favorite yeah. things that someone did with their pet. So all, a coworker used to be allowed to bring his dog in and his dog was dressed as Superman. And then he also had an alternate costume for him uh, dressed as Clark Kent. Good. So throughout the day, he would change outfits. <laughs> Good. Nice. Nice. With the glasses? He wear glasses? He did dog? not wear glasses, but he oh. wore a tie or something that yeah. looks like a tie. Yeah. 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 I, I could never get my dog to wear clothes. He doesn't. <laughs> he chew mm -hmm. him off. So. It's unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> it's even worse with cats, man. You try to put a costume on a cat? Oh, man. I, don't I, try I to taught do mine how to walk cats. on a leash. Really? Yeah. We used to go on hikes together. You just got to, you know. But then again, remember, you know, my day job is I, I am an, a researcher who specializes in animal cognition. So I should mm -hmm. know how to teach a cat how to wear a cape. Nice. I, I can't do anything with cats. I am very allergic. Oh, that's yeah. too bad. They know it. They love me. <laughs> Owners are always telling me that, oh, wow, my cat usually doesn't like anybody, but he's really, really taken to you. And meanwhile, I got hives busting out. and oh. They do have a fondness for those who can't touch them. They know it. They know the it. forbidden pets. <laughs> I think we should be wrapping this up soon. Uh, John, I just... Uh, I know what's going on with Intrepid Heroes because the last couple of episodes you've had a lot of looking back, looking forward. Curious, yeah. uh, how's presenting going? Is there anything exciting in the in the works? Well, so uh, I interviewed actually yesterday live from China, uh, Mikhail S. Rikun, who goes by Michael, by the way. <laughs> so okay, um, yeah, which I had no idea. He says, "Yeah, no, everybody calls him Michael. I go by Michael." So in, in, in the interview, even though I'll put his, his, his legal name, I'm just going to call him Michael the whole time. <laughs> so he is super entertaining. Man, that guy is great, you know, telling all kinds of stories and stuff. And uh, ends up being one of the longer interviews. I have about 54 minutes oh, talking. Nice. And then we talked like another 40 minutes afterwards just about stuff. So it was it was a lot of fun. I think, uh, I think people enjoy it. And I... I don't think we could swing it because of the time difference, but man, I'm thinking this is a guy that would be awesome for the network. Just, just the personality. Mm -hmm. If we could get him involved with something. All right. Well, Lauren, how's your like 4am? Is that good for recording? <laughs> you know, I could, I would make it work. I, I could make it work. All right. Probably not though. I don't want to, I don't want to force that on you. <laughs> it would not be easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's 16 hours later than me. I was talking oh, to wow. him in the future. So, yeah, I remember when uh, I think his name was Michael Goodman. I'm anyway, one of the RPG superstars. So every year, someone would win RPG superstar, and we would traditionally interview them right after. And then I believe his name is Michael Goodman. I kind of feel bad that I don't remember. Uh, he was Australian. And so it's like, oh, this, we just cannot get this to work. The time zones are just too opposite. And then mm -hmm. that year, my wife and I went on vacation to Japan 
And I was like, these time zones are suddenly working out. Uh, but I, I could not bring myself to ask if I could take an hour of vacation time away so that I could interview somebody for the network. Oh, yeah. I also, yeah. I didn't, I had like a, a dinky laptop that we were just transferring uh, images to from the camera. We, I was not equipped for a good interview. It was just mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. man, those time zones really worked out that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't, I, I've managed a couple in that time zone, a couple in China, and I've had, I think David Ross was in, in the UK. No, I also had Allison Sai was in the UK. So it's because my schedule's flexible, I can work either mornings or evenings with these people depending on what they need. So it's at a workable time for them. So I think that's the only way that I've been able to, to match up with these folks. And you got your 100th episode coming up. How's I know we talked about potentially uh, some plans for our 100th episode presenting. Yeah, I, you know, I have to count. I think it's in February or March. One of those two, sometime around there. I, uh, I think I'm around 96 or something now. Because uh, they're not numbered, so it's not easy. I have to yeah. go back and count them. You know, but it's luckily it's 10 per page for every one of those numbers. Oh, smart. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking to do a, a special episode for the 100th. And, and I got to tell you, I keep thinking that I'm running out of people to talk to. You know, 100 people in the gaming industry, most of them are related to Pathfinder or Starfinder. But as soon as I think, oh, maybe I'm not going to get somebody this time, boom, I just send out something or somebody reaches out to me and I got somebody else to interview. Um, I used to be backlogged. I, I don't know if you remember this. I had like a backlog of like maybe four or five months of people I'd recorded all at once at Paizo because I could go in there and I'd right. do like four recordings in a day, right? And then we went kind of remote. I tried to keep a, a bank of them, but that slowly went away. And now I don't have anybody banked. So as soon as one goes up, so like um, when the one went up for whoever I interviewed last, Shan, uh, Shan Wolf, as yeah, soon as that went up, I just went to schedule the next one. I had it scheduled within a couple of days. Boom. So like when the next one's, as soon as that one's going up, I'll try to schedule for the next one. And eventually I'm going to have to tell you, I got nobody. Um, so I either won't do it or I'll do something. I'll just grab a friend and say, Hey, we're going to talk to you. So, I mean, you got friends in the industry. You got people on the network. I'm sure you haven't talked to yet. Oh, well, just those, the people doing the, the boxed game things. I think I've talked to everybody else. Uh, so that's only Danielle at this point. Game design unboxed. Yeah, yeah. Talk about. Talk about. I feel like I feel like a, you interviewed me, but what did we talk about? Um, just stuff about your PhD work. Um, gaming stuff. This is right when you were starting your program. Mm -hmm. So we we talked about that. Um, man, you know that was like a year ago. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> I don't even remember what I talked to Ryan about. Oh, you know? everything. We talked about all yeah. how the <laughs> network started, how the network's run. Yeah. So that kind of, I, and I usually ask you about your role and what you did and how you got into it. Um, try to get some other information that's not gaming related to see how that ties. That's my typical format. I'm actually going to do, I'm looking to do a, a research paper based on all my, my interviews. Cool. And uh, I, I'm looking at two of them. One of them is going to be kind of 
uh, how do people get started in the gaming industry? Because <laughs> I, I ask that question of everybody. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. And then the other one, um, write up something on the effect that COVID had on tabletop RPGs. Because I've talked to enough um, both uh, authors and game designers, but also publishers, that the pandemic actually had some significant positive and negative effects for them. So those are the two things that are like the back burner. I, I like to work up something. Really what I should do is transcribe all the interviews. And um, I don't want to do that by hand or pay a transcription service. So <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of a, of a quick way to, to gather all that data. So, you know, I'm about to have two newbies to the team that you might be able to interview. Say what? Yeah, it could be interesting because they're both very green. Give them a chance uh, to get a little wet behind the ears before we. Yeah, I, I think that's probably best, but you know, yeah. something you can put in your in your back burner. Oh yeah, for sure. But tell me, can you tell me who these? I, I had no, I hadn't heard anything about this. What's new? What's coming? Well, I'm putting together a big, a big actual play podcast. And oh yeah, I have two members who are very green. Neither of them have done podcasting, but one of them is a professional audio tech used to work for oh. radio stations and the other one's just a, a very creative soul i'm very happy to, to have him on the team and see what he's capable of cooking up for us no no that that sounds a lot of fun and i think once they've been on the network for a while for sure i'll, I'll get them we we'll give them a chance to get people know who they are what they're about see them online and what they're doing there and have them think Oh, I wonder what this person's like in real life. And then I'll interview him and, and do that kind of stuff. Oh, I agree. I'm just so excited to, you know, show the world what we're capable of. This team, I'm telling no, nope, I better get off the soapbox before I start. I'll just keep <laughs> gushing about them. I'm so proud of this team. Nice. Nice. All right, Scarl. Yeah. I wish me again. What are you asking me, Scarl? What? Keep on going while you're in here. Okay. <laughs> they're so cute i would like to do a video actual play that's that's the next that's the thing i'm really working on my brain around i'd like to do it with my regular crew um i think we would do it remote like like this um yeah like a lot of them are um but potentially we could do some smaller like shorter one day marathon sessions you know after order of the amber die not a 68 hour but maybe a six hour um, that could be an in-person thing. So I'm starting to wrap my brain around some of the technical logistics for how I would accomplish those things. Cause I like, I like seeing people when they're talking in gaming rather than just listening to them. So, Wait, and I know there's a lot of have, reasons to, do you not have cameras set up with the people? Oh no, you game in person right now, right? We game in person, uh, for, for something, but the, Right now, Intrepid Heroes is all um, remote, um, in part because we have a couple of our members who really can't afford to be in person for a couple of different reasons. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, I not everybody everybody has cameras, I know, but not everybody has a right quality camera, right? And that's 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 kind of the thing. I would want to get everybody kind of at a uniform level, at least, maybe not the same camera. Um, they have the audio gear, you know, because I've worked on that. Uh, and then a couple of them are worried about backgrounds, so we'd have to figure out what we would do, you know, do we do a, you know, CGI background type of thing, which uniform or 
but they have to put it up or whatever. Like you guys can see, I usually cut all this, my, uh, this stuff out over here. Oh, that actually, actually is covered right now. There's a, yeah. just a blur. We were yeah, I didn't realize <laughs> my screen was, uh, I'd moved it earlier. I usually, ed- I usually edit that side so I don't notice it because I crop my, when I'm doing stuff. So I have a dual screen. I have a, I have a Nikon Z6. It's a mirrorless camera I use for photography set up as my, um, my webcam. And so I've got my monitors on either side so that I can ideally look at you and it makes it look like I'm looking at the camera, but you guys are too spread out in discord. So it's harder. So I don't know, like what's, what's the end goal for adding video? It's just fun. Okay. Uh, for me, I, I'd like to see a lot of times when we game for fun, if we're doing it remote, we have video up because we'd like to see each other, right? For the actual play, we do it because we like to play together anyway, and we just record it. And when we're gaming remotely, you know, we're all just looking at the roll 20 screen right now. I think it'd be fun if we could see each other. And if we're going to do that, then boom, we'll have to get some recording so that that's kind of the, the thing there the other thing i'll say is that you know all those other people doing video actual plays we should do one too i mean that's the other thing for me so on the i yeah, never on the content watch side. video actual plays i only listen to audio actual plays and yeah uh i know that it from recording video actual play like we have a video element that we then we release the audio for and the more visual element there is to the the play the less descriptive you are in your audio. And so people oh. that are just listening to it are missing out because, right. you know, because there's unspoken things being said. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we have that, we don't show the Roll20 table when we're, when we're recording the podcast. So we, we have to describe that anyway. I mean, right now, I, I, I don't know that it's a lot, would be a lot different than what we do um, already. Only because we're not, uh, a theatric actual play but yeah i don't know we are planning to hit that after we finish the the three books that we're doing now is we're yes. then going to implement it as a with video as well but for nice. now we're just keeping it simple to do an audio first how long your your episodes gonna be do you think one hour episodes we're recording for three three and a half hours every other monday night so hopefully we can get two episodes in per yep. recording session nice that's that's kind of the pace we're at. And the reason why I asked that is I noticed like Adventurists and a couple of the other, other ones you guys do are usually two and a half hours or more no, episodes. Usually one hour episodes. One hour? I thought I saw some that were way longer. And I thought, oh man, I can't do that. Maybe it's not our podcast. Ashley did, right? Who did? Maybe in the past? No. Uh, no. When I edit hmm. the Adventurous episodes down, they were usually about an hour. I really saw oh. that was half an hour yeah. not too long ago just because it was okay. jumping off point. I thought we were doing short all the time. We always shoot for an hour, hour, hour and a half. And I thought, oh man, we're shorter than everybody. No, uh, no. Maybe it's just like that's, other actual plays. That's the target number. One hour actual I, play? That's what target. I thought. I don't think anybody wants to listen to us for more than an hour. You know, we're driving, I'll listen to it for an hour and then I'm done. I'm not going to listen to anybody for four hours. Uh, but that's just, just me. Yes, I'm a gal. Why do I have what? <laughs> Those? Because, here, show, uh, show them on camera. These are the uh, corner protectors that come with the Paizo books, and I have them here in oh, case yeah. I need them for cavern uh, scenery in my terror drone underground. That's a good there. cavern. 
Yeah. Ah, that is a great idea. I like that. Yeah. We we used to do that for 40k. We would we would hold on to like you know old bits of stuff and turn it into fortresses and dilapidated ruins. So yeah, when I was in 40k, I did that too. And then one time, I found like um, just like a water tank that someone had thrown out, and I picked it up and I brought it home with the intention to clean it and make just some kind of piece of terrain out of it. Then I realized that I was collecting literal garbage. And yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I needed to, to slow that part of my hobby no. down. <laughs> I'm surprised your wife didn't notice that sooner. Oh, no, no. She mentioned. <laughs> now, I never hide purchases from her. I never hide anything. But she asked me to throw it out, and I didn't. And that is one of the only no. things I've ever hidden from my wife. See, that's wow. the problem in this house is my husband just encourages it. <laughs> He's like, oh, but look at that. That'd be great. Sweetie, that's trash. But you're right. It is great. <laughs> it's trash now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I I, get the, no, we don't need that. Either donate it or trash it. Yeah, so lots of stuff. Lots of stuff like that. All right. All right. Well, I, you know, it's been fun chatting with you all. Um, getting again, caught I'm up. I'm going to say we should do this more often, and we're probably not going to do it again until next Christmas. Well, Yes. Let's do it this summer. Let's plan on a summer thing. Yes. All right. Okay. Done. This so summer. In June. In June. Six months out. In June. We're going to do something. We have for years talked about some kind of KD Con. Yeah. Yes. It could. Maybe 2023 did, will be the year we finally do it. We did a KD Con. We did one. No, we did like KD meetups at, at other Gen cons. Con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we've never done a KD con. Whereas I think this year we can do a dedicated, just virtual convention dedicated to the network. We've got enough staff that we could run a day of events, a day of panels. So That'd yes. All right. Yeah. That is now my main goal for 2023. Nice. Nice. Finally making KD like con happen. Your other Are we going to goal... run games too? Are we going to run can. games? Sure. I okay. think so. Good. I want to run games. Let me give you another main goal, Ryan. All right. Meet meet my team and listen to their ideas pretty yes. soon. That is going to happen soon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they, they are they are uh they are chomping at the bit. Well, thank them for their patience. I will. I will. Actually, you can you can do that. Once you hop on that Discord and say soon, guys. No, I'll I'll take care of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh wait, now you got to meet my team. No, that's fine. You I mean, I've be... met a lot of your team. Not all of them, no, but I the guess ones I've that met you Ron haven't. And I met Scott at PaizoCon. Yeah. I've never John, met Stephanie. you can't forget that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. <laughs> you know what? Eleanor. I don't need any more grease. I got a lot going on. You know, if I got to do more, it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I need the grease, Ryan. I need it. All right. All right. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Good night. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Take care. Everybody. Happy holidays. We may have revealed a little more information in that segment than we were expecting to, but it's like I said at the beginning, there's a lot of exciting things coming to No Direction 2023, and even though we can't give you all the details about some of those projects, we want you to be as excited as we are for them. And if you think we gave out a lot of information about what to expect in that segment, then you are not prepared for my conversation with Nate Wright. Nate, you this year have had some of my favorite articles that we've ever posted on the website. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun writing some of those. A bunch of ideas I've had bouncing around in my head for who knows how long. A couple things I couldn't quite pull off in society, but hey, I could make it real.
why did you want to turn adventuring gear into an ancestry? Okay, so that kind of goes back to playing World of Warcraft a few expansions ago. Uh, Legion, the, one of the better expansions. The whole gimmick was everyone got a legendary weapon based on their class. So it had a lot of class identity, so you felt really special because you had a weapon you've heard about in the lore or one that was made up for the occasion. And Shadow Priests, who were basically like, in Pathfinder terms, like dark tapestry priests, basically. Their weapon was a sentient dagger with some kind of old god presence in it that would whisper little things and promises of power and would tease them and would... It was obviously corrupted and evil, but you that's kind of the theme of the spec you play. And it was an interesting character in its own right. And you just don't see a lot of that in a lot of the fantasy I've watched. So the idea just kind of stuck with me. It was my naifu for laifu, along with other players. <laughs> and I just always wanted something like that in Pathfinder. I even uh, played it in a home game with someone running a... I think they had a shifter rate, uh, ancestry with a mimic heritage. And I worked around to make that work on a witch. And it was... One of the most one of the most fun characters I've ever played. So I figured, hey, why not write rules so anyone else can try it too? Now, I, the concept's been around for a long time of intelligent weapons as an NPC that is still like a PC can have it in their arsenal, but it's still an NPC. Yours is the first time I've seen it as no, no. Let's make the PC the intelligent weapon. Yeah, yeah, I do love playing the weird stuff and toying around with other ideas that you'll never see at a table. You'll definitely, uh, you'll turn some heads if you bring that up at a table. Like, hey, I found this thing. We got a barbarian, right? What if the barbarian had a really cool axe and I was the axe? And I could, like, buff <laughs> him in combat or something or make knowledge checks. I gotta say, if we ever do another No Direction, just uh, a one-shot, I do hope to play... Uh, what is the name of the Ancestry uh, Soul again? Soul Rot. As in, like, they Oh, yeah, Soul yeah. Rot. Uh, when said aloud, it sounds like something terrible is happening to your soul. You know, I never did finalize the lore on how they're made, so, you know, maybe. Maybe that's the way it could oh, happen. Oh, no! Uh, I mean, even if that's the case, yeah, I want to try a Soul Rot. I don't know what uh, what class I would play exactly, but I definitely know that whatever character I build, the concept would be fully based around the ancestry yeah. first. Yeah, I was going to name them a couple other things, Soul Forge, Soul Steel, yada yada, but so many of the good ones have been taken over other mediums, and I wanted to make something that at least kind of sounded original enough. Yeah, when something like Soul Steel implies it's a steel item, mm. whereas Soul Rot could be anything. Yeah, yeah, and I might even change it. I could have a soul rot couch. <laughs> you know, there was a feat that I never threw in where you take it at level one and you're just a larger piece of equipment. So, you know, yeah, yeah, totally. You are a couch. Yeah, I could. <laughs> you play any of the background characters in the Beauty and the Beast cartoon. Oh, yeah, you know, I never even thought of that. That's kind of what I was going for accidentally wait <laughs> you never thought of it but it's what you were going for yeah no i was just thinking oh man evil cursed knife that whispers promises of power or like sword that really likes violence so it looks for people who create violence it wants to be a legendary artifact and you can't do that unless you kill a bunch of important stuff i mean that's just bonding right yeah absolutely 
And, you know, that way that opens the door for a lot of party synergy when you can cover different things, when you are built to work as a team. In a way, it's kind of an expansion of my old article where I just created Eidolons, familiars, and animal companions as their own ancestry, which itself came from the fact that I played a lot of summoners in first edition Pathfinder Society, and everyone on there in the forum doing like, eh, Eidolons as strong as its own PC. And it is, and I will not apologize for that, but I figured <laughs> I'd just kind of lean into the rules for it, too. How many members of, let's say, a five-person party can be a soul rot before you've got a problem? I mean, technically, you could have one person wielding a soul rot weapon with soul rot armor, and they could be like a thaumaturge or a champion with a soul rot shield. And then they yeah. could have like a soul rot amulet if they went really weird, like a tiefling soul rot or something. Like they're a demon infused amulet with cursed power. Like a whole party could play Iron Man just together. Yeah, yeah you could kind of, you could just Megazord together a single entity on the battlefield. And with the way the soul rot abilities work, they could all be spending their actions to yank the person around. So you've got this amazing legendary fighter who's just so good. He moves like lightning on the battlefield, but it's because his sentient equipment keeps yanking him around like a puppet. Yeah. He could fight Dark Lords in his sleep, and has. Except covered in blood on his equipment. Oh, goodness. Secretly incompetent fighter is now a character concept. I want to play with this. Like, they're, right. they're not actually good at fighting, but they just have so many people covering for them. It's something to consider. I like it. Now, would it actually be a fighter, or would it be, like, a bard, but he thinks he's the world's greatest fighter? Ooh, I guess that's the thing. I'd probably go for something less combat-focused, like Investigator or Alchemist, you know. That way he could have the front of the traditional job. Then, oh, it's time to fight. Don't worry, I know of a legendary hero. When one time he just found a sword that kind of pulled him into a fight, and now everyone <laughs> thinks he's the hero of the village. So this has been super exciting, and I love what you've been putting out on the blog, but. Um... The last time we spoke, I think, well, you know, face-to-face -face or, you know, face-to-face -face digitally, we were talking about Wangi Expanse. What's, what kind of work have you done since then, you know, that you could talk about? Actually, things have been kind of slow right now. I've been taking it kind of easy. Okay. Yeah. It's slow because you choose for it to be slow. Uh, yeah. A bit of it's laziness, but a bit of it's me trying to, like, focus on my own creations, get some ideas together. I've had things bouncing around in my head for gosh, close to a decade now. Things, oh, wow. things that I've hinted at in some of my other blogs, some things I want to expand on. I even had an idea for a whole setting and kind of a subsystem, but that is a long ways away because it turns out, hey, writing my own little thing for Starfinder and the way that Pathfinder was a thing from D&D &D is a lot of work and planning and writing and things I don't know how to do yet, but, uh, you know, I do have some things going on. I am surprised to hear you categorize yourself as lazy because I think of you as somebody who over delivers and delivers it consistently. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. 
You know, it's always kind of hard to tell, I think. Is this article good? Did I rush this one? I noticed a spelling error in something a few months back and just think, oh, God, that's been there the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah mm. like Especially if it's like in the title. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's just something, oh, yeah, casual reread because I'm just looking over my own stuff for funsies. And, oh, that paragraph reads like I was drunk. <laughs> I, I definitely know how you feel, but uh, my blog behind the screens is often really high concept, uh, just <laughs> basic jam advice filtered through a high concept uh, idea. And I, I'm not a good judge of what high concepts will actually land. A lot of the times I'm like, this is the most creative thing I've ever written and it gets no traction at all. Yeah, yeah, I know how that goes. Yeah, I just hope that with my articles, I can write some at least a little bit each time where you can walk away having learned a bit about the game, got some cool mechanics, thought about the game in a different way. Because I know I have a very alternative approach to the game and characters a lot of the time. So, you know, share that with people. Try to be a fun little weirdo in the corner of the website. Well, yeah, even if I read over your article and it's like, I will never use these mechanics. I'm usually fascinated by them and usually entertained by the introduction. Yeah, yeah, that's what I try to do. I try to turn heads. Got a lot of experience in society whipping up weird characters and odd twists on things like, okay, if I announce this character, is at least one person going to raise an eyebrow? <laughs> I think my favorite intro was when the Oozmorph came out, which is still the greatest thing to come out of first edition Pathfinder. When I just described, oh yeah, big burly man walks into the you know, where all the Pathfinders are meeting. And people say, oh, you're playing a barbarian? And I say, no, he sets down the barrel, announces his job's done, and leaves. And then I hand them an actual <laughs> physical note that's tied to the barrel. Oh, yeah, that's just me in there. Pour me out when you need me in a fight. Because I figure, hey, if you're an actual ooze creeping around town, that's probably going to get the guards all antsy. Now, if a fire breaks out and somebody's like, well, there's a bucket of liquid, how do you how do you deal with that? Uh, honestly, I'd probably play it out like, oh yeah, it's about, it's heavier than you think. And you splash it out and, huh, the water is screaming. Water usually doesn't do that. <laughs> well, Nate, we very briefly talked about how you are uh, basically my top pick for a replacement host for No Direction. Oh, wow. And we haven't really had a chance to talk about that because the message that I sent with that was also accompanied by other matters that we have discussed and cannot go into on this podcast. Mm -hmm. But what do you think in there? How would you feel about taking one of the seats on the No Direction podcast? I'm interested. I mean, I know my schedule's a bit weird because what I have the sleep schedule of a crime-fighting vampire, but I'm sure we could find a way to make that work. Maybe get a team together, uh, plan out what the show would be about. I'd definitely be interested. So I think one of the mistakes we made when Luis and Vanessa took over from Param is that we still had them take over from No Direction as it was in that current state, which had 10 years of evolution of me and Param developing new skills and finding new ways to present a podcast. So I think if we're going to bring on you and another new host, and it's both of your first times doing a podcast, I would like to just go back to, it's just a podcast. Don't worry about streaming it live. Don't worry about every two weeks at the exact same time. We have to have a guest lined up or a topic picked out. You have to be available. Um, I, I'd like to 
to basically reset the evolution and give you a chance to evolve the podcast in your own way. Oh, well, you definitely got me interested. All right. Well, it's a lot. It's also a lot easier to edit a podcast than it is to uh, produce a live stream. And I I do miss that we have now no content on our Twitch channel because at one point uh, at one point we were in the top one percent of Twitch channels, which nice. you know good for us, but it also just shows how many. Millions of Twitch channels have, like, one regular... Li- yeah, I, I saw a video on that. Like, the top 1% was kind of low, but when you think about how easy it is to start a Twitch channel, yeah, just run OBS and play your favorite game, and maybe hope a couple people show up. So, yeah. And Twitch is very good about making you feel like the biggest star on Twitch, because we were just told we're top 1% on Twitch, but I know other channels that are a lot smaller than ours we're told they were top 1% of their category. Mm. So they'll just find, like, they'll filter it down to the most impressive-looking statistic. So I like telling people we were top 1% on Twitch, even though I know that doesn't mean as much as it sounds like mathematically. Yeah, but, you know, you put that on a shirt, put that on a banner or something. Oh, put it on a shirt for the 1% on Twitch. Oh, Twitch 1%. You can make a whole thing out of it. All right, I'll I'll think about it, because... Having some kind of merch for the No Direction Network is something that's been on our to-do list for a long time. Mm. Actually, I have a contact at a coin manufacturer. I, it's in China, so I don't know what the shipping and production is right now, but I did always think that Hero Points would be a good uh, merchandise for the uh, the network. It makes a lot of sense. They're pretty fun. Nice, iconic big, little things. The barrier to entry is that if they were to ship to me and I were to keep track of all of the uh, the wares... Then shipping to the states, which is where the majority of our customers would be, would be super expensive compared to if I were to find somebody else that's in the states that then could take over the logistics for it. But then it's me finding work for somebody else on the network, and I always hesitate for that, even though I'm here saying like, "Hey, you're the new host of the Made Podcast. <laughs> do it." So I do have another host in mind. I have not spoken with them yet, so I don't want to uh, announce it. But my Thinking is that the best way to ease you and if they're interested uh, them into uh, the podcast is if we did three interviews, one where me and say you interview them and then one where me and them interview you and then finally you and them interview me just so that you both get an example of what I do when I'm doing my interviews and then you can do it back to me and I can critique. And I don't know if this would just be for practice. We would maybe put it up for our patrons. Or maybe if it was really good, we could put it up as regular content. Yeah, that'd be a good way to at least test the waters, see how we vibe. Because, I mean, I've thought about getting into stuff like that just on my own. Like, oh, yeah, do a podcast. Do a do a Let's Play. One of my favorite Let's Plays is, like, two guys working together, kind of changing the controller on, like, Mass Effect. But, okay. But at the same time, I figure, yeah, you got to have a good you got to have a good uh, back and forth with them. I've had yeah, a couple... Good chemistry. Yeah, I've had some friends where it's like, oh, man, we get along. It'd be fun to... Uh, I don't know if we gel together on, like, camera talking about things. So... Yeah, well, that was one of the things that was happening with Vanessa and Luis. They gelled together very well, but then when Luis couldn't talk about something because of his position at Paizo, he would often leave Vanessa hanging, and she would have to struggle to then set up a new conversation instead of yeah, being able to go back yeah. and forth like, like Param and I used to do. Which is one of the another reason that I want to bring people that have less experience on to do this because uh, like a whole bunch of people on the staff have had these amazing opportunities because of the years that we've put into the network and 
how that's positioned us in the industry and just the experience that we've gained from it. And we want to do that again. We don't want to take somebody that's on the cusp of being hired by Paizo, like Denise, uh, Denise, like Dustin and Vanessa. Somehow I've merged their name into a whole new person. Yeah. Paizo wanted them both, but they only had one position. So they are Denise now. Mm, yeah, yeah. Now I'm just imagining them doing a Dragon Ball Fusion dance. I could see it. Mm. I could see Vanessa being more enthusiastic. Dragon Ball Fusion dances, you have to be, usually be pretty coordinated, right? Yeah, you gotta put, or you could do the earring things. I don't know. That show goes through different power mechanics, like most households go through toilet paper. <laughs> and I only know what I've seen on t-shirts, which is just the one where they're like leaning towards each other. Yeah, that's fair. That's, it just, just imagine the show that's been going on forever and starts making up increasingly convoluted things. Yeah, that. <laughs> Maybe I'll show you a video or sometime of some clever sounding people complaining about it. Sure. Love people complaining on the internet. It's my bread and butter. Yeah. It's not. I like positivity. Fair enough. <laughs> Oh, man, I made the mistake. Well, maybe not even a mistake, but I watched a video about uh, 1D. Yeah, it's 1D&D's OGL. Just because I saw a lot of talk conversation about how things were changing, and I hadn't seen any official source saying what the changes were. So I found a video that just explained what was going on. And then immediately YouTube was like, oh, we've got you covered. Here's a thousand videos about people hating on D&D. Oh, it's like, oh, that's yeah. not at all what I want. Yeah, that's, I mean, part of it's probably just, it's easier to be snarky. Maybe sometimes there's a, there are problems. And sometimes I think things like YouTube and especially Twitter kind of give us this Pavlovian training. It just kind of drives us towards negativity with like positive reinforcement clicks and more engagement. And, oh yeah, it's, it's easy to be happy about something, but if you go, overboard angry about something you'll get the people who agree with you and the people who hate you and they'll all be giving you attention see now i've heard people's take on the internet like I've, I've heard that as people's take on the internet and it's just not how i use the internet i use it to get information and so i usually try and go with the most just dry and like least opinionated sources it's obviously going to have some kind of a bias but typically i will avoid anything that says it has any like strong emotional language in the title something that's supposed to elicit a response from me no i just want the facts man yeah yeah that's fair there's a lot of brain junk food out there and well <laughs> i've been one to indulge from time to time you know go on the occasional binge yeah no judging although so the other weird thing that i don't know what's going to do to my youtube um recommendations but my daughter Every now and then when I'm working on something, she'll come down here and just want to watch some My Little Pony on the second screen. And uh, so I'll go to YouTube, I'll look up My Little Pony, and today she found some weird fan-made video about the ponies being pregnant. Like, it was, it's oh, very... Oh, the Spider-Man yeah. Elsa problem. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, and so... I follow a few YouTubers who talk about that, and it's been, it's a wild ride. Yeah, so unfortunately, she went straight for that watched about half an hour of that and then it auto played like a, a crafting one like a lot of customizing action figures building scenery stuff that i actually appreciated and hope to see more of on my uh, recommendations oh so, yeah, yeah yeah i mean you'll watch a nice thing a nice thing walk away from the kid the next thing you know they get jump scared by some source filmmaker degeneracy and it's just 
Ugh, it is. The internet's <laughs> a weird place. I, if I have a kid, they're going to hate me because they're not going to get to use any of that for the longest time. And I say this as a person who essentially grew up waiting for the internet to exist with how much right. time I spent in front of a screen. Yeah, so generally they don't go on YouTube unless they're supervised, but we do let them watch Netflix and Disney Plus unsupervised. Mm -hmm. But then when the new Watershed Down came out, that was in the kids section. And so I had to tell them, don't watch that. That is not mm -hmm. as kid-friendly. It's, it's, yes, it's bunnies, but they're at war. Oh, I remember that now from a compilation of things that look cute but are actually horrifying. It was like that and Made in Abyss. Happy Tree Friends, the classic Happy Tree Friends. Yes. That, that's so, one that'll get you. So, you know, it's one thing when it exists, but when it's, when even the people that are streaming it are like, oh yeah, that's for kids, and put it in the kids section, which is usually very well filtered to just the kind of entertainment oh, they would want. Yeah, yeah. Some of those gory, ironic comedies can slip through the cracks. Maybe a tired employee, people who don't know any better. Uh, that's why media literacy is an ever more important skill. Yeah, I hope to teach my kids media literacy as they're getting older, like incrementally. I haven't sat them down and just been like, here's yeah. how the internet works. But I do try and pepper them with lessons as, uh, you know, as they get older. And good on you, because I, I can't imagine how difficult that must be. When I grew up, smartphones didn't exist. Like, smartphones in school just seems like the weirdest thing, and I feel sorry for every teacher who has to deal with that. Never mind See? raising a child in a world where the internet is just everywhere. So when I was in teacher's college, this is in 2008, this is when smartphones were first becoming a thing. And uh, in one of my classes, I argued, we shouldn't be fighting this. This is one of the greatest research tools that has ever existed. We should be integrating them into our lessons and making it, you know, acknowledging that as soon as you're done with school, if you have a question, you take out your phone and you look it up. Teach them how to do that right because it's mm -hmm. what they're going to be doing anyway. Yeah, that is fair. We're, we're kind of entering an age where you have this little rectangle that can either be the Library of Alexandria or an unstoppable anxiety factory. And it really depends on how you use it. Yeah, well, I've taught my kids that if they have a question, like if they ask me a question and it stumps me, first of all, I tell them I don't know. I, I strongly recommend that I don't know is one of the greatest answers you can ever give mm. if it's the honest answer. Uh, but then we don't stop there. It's like, I don't know. Here's how we find out. And we can usually just go home, ask Alexa what's going on and, you know, uh, ask her the question. And most of the time she will either give us the proper answer or it's very clear that she has not understood the question and so my kids know to ignore the the long stream of whatever she's saying because it's like no she's she's missed the mark. did you mean dog juggling or something like yeah yeah my kids are obsessed with what animals have belly buttons did you know sharks have belly buttons i do now yeah sharks despite being a fish and not a mammal they have uh, in utero pregnancies and so they have uh, belly buttons. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, this all came about because we were talking about how sand tiger sharks fight in the womb. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. No, that's... You haven't even dropped on the map yet and you're fighting in the lobby. That's pretty hardcore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, they actually... My daughter had a dark question of like, well, what if they both lose the fight? It's like, well, that... That was a pretty rough pregnancy then, I guess. 
Yeah, I, I can't imagine that having a battle royale going on inside of you. That's <laughs> sharks are hardcore. <laughs> so we've gone to some pretty dark places, and I feel like that, that's a weird sidetrack that we've taken. So let's just go back to uh, the holidays to wrap things up. For the rest of this episode, we're going to be talking, or I'm going to be talking with members of the No Direction staff. Uh, the original plan was to just sit down with them for five, ten minute segments, but I talk. I talk when a microphone is in front of me. So every single segment that we've recorded has gone at least 20 minutes. I hope people are interested in a long episode that I'm not going to do much editing. I want this to be just the authentic feel of the relationships, camaraderie between different members of the staff. And so uh, as of this recording, I've spoken with Luis, I've spoken with Jason Keeley, I've spoken with Lauren and uh, John Godek, who joined in on that Lauren conversation and made it a really fun dynamic. It's, it's unfortunate that we as a staff don't hang out more because we do so much together, just parallel to each other. And it's important that we should be crossing over more often because we're fun people, mm -hmm. similar interests, and a lot of us are in great places, uh, you know, with our careers. And we could be helping each other. Yeah, yeah. When in doubt, we can always throw together a Minecraft server or something. I don't do Minecraft. I'm in my 40s. Terraria? Terraria is always good. I don't know what that is. Okay, it's Minecraft, but two-dimensional and has actual progression in classes. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it... So two-dimensional is in side-scrolling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a big old side-scrolling world you craft. You could be like a melee fighter a mage, a summoner, or like a ranger with bows and guns and a grenade launcher. Well, I know I've talked about uh, plans for the network for 2023. That wasn't on the list, but if not that specifically, some kind of more regular socializing between yeah, networks. Communal gaming is always fun. Yeah, it absolutely is. It was nice when we were doing Geek Together semi-regularly and either doing like party games or doing painting nights. So I'd like to get that going again. That might become our regular Twitch content if, once again, we can get somebody who knows how to produce a live stream because uh, it's not easy. I can imagine. All right. Well, Nate, uh, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Anything to talk about for the rest of the holiday season? Uh, well, I've got a little personal thing called Decaf December that I try every other year. Cause Go on. Basically, I figure uh, named after other famous... Uh, month-based quitting bad habits alliterations, I figured yes. I could try to quit my uh, crippling caffeine addiction because I don't really have a middle ground. I don't drink coffee. I double fist monster energy drinks and Red Bull later to deal with the crash. So, uh, Oh, no. Yeah, like three energy drinks throughout a work shift is probably a bad idea. And if I don't want to get a two weeks notice in the mail from my heart when I turn 40... I got to slow down on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you just detox through December? Yeah. I mean, I before I tried to like absolutely dry, which is you're going to have a really bad headache on like the first day your body realizes what's happening. This time I kind of compromised, had some soda to chase that off. So it's like, yeah, if I just say soda every now and then, maybe, but try to avoid it. I think that's more reasonable. I, I shouldn't be afraid to, oh no, a can of Coca-Cola. I, I mean, like what's actually in the can is worth being afraid of, but not because it's like slightly caffeinated. So we're coming up on the end of December. What does January mean? Do you just go back to your old habit? The idea is that if I can take a whole month off, then I can prove I don't need it. 
And ideally, I just keep going with that and see where it takes me. All right. I like that you're doing it in December. I often will have, instead of a New Year's resolution, I'll have a countdown to the New Year resolution. Where mm. I just try and get ahead of my resolution and uh, get into good habits. I've not done that this year. Yeah. But that seems like the same idea of what you're doing. Yeah, I'm bad at New Year's resolutions. I think the last one I actually carried through was... About six years back, I promised myself to watch more movies with Samuel L. Jackson in them. It's the nice. year I saw Pulp Fiction. Good resolution. <laughs> Mine is this year I'm finally going to learn to spell dessert versus desert without having to look it up. Ooh, that's a tricky one. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, so I wrote it. I wrote desert. And I was like, I'm not going to look it up. I am confident I got this right. And then uh, um, Google Docs was like, I think you used the wrong word. And I was like, ah, shoot, I got it wrong. All right, double S. And I was like, no, I'm going to look this up just in case. And Google Docs led me wrong, either because I used the wrong word consistently enough that it has picked up my bad habit, or uh, it was just a vague enough context. I don't know why, but I, I could not believe that I got it right for once and Google Docs oh. was correcting me. Huh. All right. It, I always like to think of a tricky thing, like a little little game I can play in my head, like Desert the Environment has only one S, and the S is shaped like a snake. So I just think, snakes don't play nice together when they live in the desert. Two S's, okay. it's the food, because snakes don't play nice. I just and made that delicious. up right now. I love it. All right. So, snakes don't play well together, that's why there's only one S in dessert. Nope, desert. desert. Damn it, now I'm even <laughs> saying it wrong. <laughs> course why there'd be two snakes in your ice cream i'll leave that one up to your imagination this is because <laughs> when i, I see snakes ice right cream oh ooh, not bad i like that all right on that note happy holidays nate and we will be in touch very soon happy holidays and watch out for snakes <laughs> This concludes the No Direction Holiday Special 2022. On behalf of Luis Loza, Jason Keeley, Lauren Sieg, John Godek, and Nate Wright, and all of the staff of No Direction, old and new, we wish you happy holidays and all the best in 2023.